Two. Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah, uh, yeah. 14. Yeah. I found fags and women. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, well, I think I was 22 or 23. And I was Did playing in there. Yeah. For a little bit. I don't believe that. Just to try it out. Was oh, like, was it I was one of those emo yeah, kids, you know. Yeah, yeah, oh, what's yeah. up? Let's go scooting, guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I hate everybody. Black eyeliner <laughs> down the middle, yeah. Hello and welcome back to this week's episode of the 41st View. Myself, Bob, and himself, Ryan. What's happening, folks? Produced, as always, by Big Sexy Lean Boy in the corner. <laughs> He never says that <laughs> Every time well. Every time yeah, You keep saying that right? <laughs> Every week, week in, week out, People are going to see me And be upset <laughs> We love you baby yeah. uh, This week on the show We're delighted to be joined by Writer and actor Stephen Jones Stephen's credits include Love Hate AMC's Into the Badlands And Red Rock He's also set to appear In Northern Lights A series he himself has wrote Which premieres on TG Car On November 14th Stephen Welcome to the pod Lads, hello. How <laughs> are we? Well, I thought you were going to ask us a question there. That's really like, I know. What's going on? I know, yeah. It's like, this is our podcast. Uh, what's happening? <laughs> yeah, Liam in the corner there. No, I think he's big sexy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Kevin Nash vibes. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, the Ronnie's grown nice and thick there. Yeah, it is. Something else is as well. <laughs> Sorry, oh, I saw it and then I went They're for already it. had to bring in the podcast down no. for two minutes. It's already in, in the gutter. <laughs> But uh, no, pleasure having you up. Thanks so much for taking the time to pop on, boy. Really uh, appreciate it. I appreciate it too. Thanks for having me. I'll, uh, I'll kick this off because we were yeah, having a bit of uh, chats before about football and stuff. So a little, little, bit, little bit of a nice break. Just a here. quick one. Just a quick one. Obviously, I am a Chelsea fan. We've talked Ooh. about this. For, hey, shut up. Um, I don't know if anybody watched the sports-Chelsea match that happened during this week and all the bleeding more that I was yeah, involved yeah, in. Yeah, yeah. I, I fucking love it. I'm here for it. Is now that game bigger than the Manchester Derby? No, no way. How? Are you How? <laughs> like, it, the Manchester Derby Manchester of last... No, no, Manchester Manchester City. City. Yeah, 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 yeah. I absolutely think it is. I, I think, think is it I, even the biggest game in London? Yeah. No. I think so. No. I no. think so. Arsenal Spurs is bigger. That, I was just about to say, the North London, I have not seen a good North London Derby in about... A, Four or five years. I thought the last one was alright. <laughs> no, the two, two, the two, two, the two. Yeah, yeah. it was all, no, but like it was a good it, game. It's in fair in like excitement and like you know just being like a fucking scummy match as well and just yeah. people leaving feet in and stuff. Yeah. Chelsea Spurs over the last few years has just been fucking box office like. Yeah, maybe. I don't think it's. I think when we're talking about how big a derby is, there's a lot of history. Okay, in it as right. Well. It's more exciting than those it's very matches. exciting. Yeah. Yeah, okay, I'll tell you. So I don't you. I'd say more exciting either. Than well, Manchester yeah, Derby. But United get spanked every time. Derby, now, obviously, United are fairly shy at the moment. <laughs> but the amount of games going through, even the last few years, where somebody nicked it in the last minute, like a 3 2, yeah. fucking small, and with that little. Yeah, yeah. Like, does, I oh, still, you ta- I, are you on about the. Oh, yeah. United. Yeah, United where Pogba was involved in that as well. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, I still, I don't, like. Okay, that's fair. Chelsea are Mickey Mouse stuff over there. It's Shut up, you! <laughs> but the thing about the game is, even it, like rivalries themselves, I just think with and not to get all on the high horse, I watch everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But in terms of the money involved and like the thing, it, it, City United even a thing now. You're not looking away yeah. when one team goes on the slide and City are just practically unbeatable. Yeah, um, phenomenal though they really are. Like. But even even United Liverpool, I mean. I think yeah. United and Liverpool is going to be boring even well we get yeah, slapped was, yeah it gets spanked like few years United would sit back you'd, you'd nearly be expecting a nil all or a one all yeah, or yeah they've gone very cagey or something yeah I think the uh, 
the only other derby I would consider still very spiky is the Merseyside. Just because, like, they just fucking leave legs in. Yeah, but like, Everton. Everton, Everton actually. Like, no, we're in the Prem, like, oh, do you know okay. what I mean? Like, um, yeah, no, I know they're useless, like, do you know what I mean? But I still feel like there's a bit of, a little bit of popcorn involved. We'll, we'll put it out to the masses, we'll ask what the biggest yeah. derby is in England, but. And I think it's, it's just different. It's about, if you go as a fan to watch it in the stadium, yeah. what would be a, what would be a tasty yeah, atmosphere yeah, exactly. to be there that yeah. doesn't really translate onto what you're watching on the telly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. Fair. Dead right, yeah. I mean, you mentioned there, and the funny thing was, because I said it over there and someone nudged me and said, you can't say the old farm out, out here. Right. When I was in Glasgow, I went to an old farm game. Oh, lovely. But you have Ooh. to call it a Glasgow derby when you're around like the hardcore Celtic fans. Right, oh, yeah. Because yeah. they're like, no, Rangers died, the old farm's dead. There's no ah. old farm. Oh, right, right, right. No, I saw it in Hamden, so it was a 50-50 split in the crowd. Yeah. Now, oh, Rangers ended up winning 2-1. It was yeah. a cup semi-final a couple of years ago. Uh, so apart from the result, though, everything else was amazing. And yeah, I went, yeah. oh, like, this, goes, this goes beyond. And yeah. I didn't get to see the Super Classico, but I spent uh, 10 days in Buenos Aires earlier this year. I seen well, that. So yeah, I went to Boca yeah. and I went to River and I went, oh, I went this fucking. is a different level of oh, passion. <laughs> yeah, completely. Yeah. You know? A fellow I went to college with has... Uh, he might be decent for a guest. He goes traveling around. He has an Instagram page and he goes traveling around just visiting different stadiums. He's trying to go to as many Every as stadium, he can across yeah. the world. And he's been to some, some of the games I've seen him at. It's just insane. He's been to Boca a few times, I think. Yeah. He's been, I think he's been to the San Siro for a derby. I like, I cannot like. The Milan derby. Like, yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. even though I, I haven't been to Milan derby, but I was in the San Siro last year and it was Inter against Empoli. And oh, you'd yeah. swear it was the biggest game the of biggest game of all time <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah it was incredible I take it so seriously yeah, yeah. It, those boys oh it's dead yeah is it really though yeah, yeah. yeah. our away fans are regarded as the best in England yeah I suppose yeah. Yeah. But it's just it's all commercialised it's yeah you kind of all, get that the, all the real there. fans are getting kicked out well you know it's I don't like to play down fans from like other countries or whatever because they do spend a lot of money to get over to t- to watch games. Yeah, of course. I mean? like, but it is kind of gone that far out from it's detached the traditional fans. Yeah, you know I what I mean? Yeah. Um, the Stratford end's always buzzing. Well, I always think about uh, Man City, right? They've had tremendous success. All the money in the world. Top manager in the world. Treble last year. They finally done it. And you look at the, I mean, Champions League final is different because, you know, who who knows who's getting tickets. Yeah. But you look at the celebrations after that mm. and they're nothing in my mind. Oh, maybe I remember it wrong to when Dickoff got the goal yeah. that equalised against Gillingham that saved them in the playoff final and he yeah. got on to win it. Win yeah. it. Do you know, I think as a fan who goes to games, and I obviously go to League of Ireland games mostly, but I think of, like, at the end of it, it's about... It's about th- th- what it means to you. Yeah, of course. Uh, you know what I mean? It doesn't matter if it's the Champions League or if it's... You've got a last-minute winner against UCD. It doesn't like you know. So it's all it's all relative. But what I definitely saw in Argentina was I I saw parades before the game in a in a basically a an Argentinian version of like a favela. Yeah, yeah. San Telmo second division team who were rubbish. Yeah, like yeah. a pub team in Ireland that beat them type yeah. thing, and but it was it was one of the best atmospheres I've ever been yeah, at. You yeah, know, which I wish that we. I mean, the League of Ireland's doing quite well with it, but I'd agree, uh, yeah. I've been to a few games in England and, you know, yeah, it's the away support who are yeah, the hardcore yeah, yeah, who are, yeah, who are yeah, creating it, but yeah. I don't know, because in Argentina, away fans can't aren't allowed yeah. in the ground. There's, so there's only home fans wow. and that they're still creating this unbelievable atmosphere. Yeah, yeah. 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 
God, imagine how intimidating that must be for <laughs> know, the away team. Like, you've got nothing. Yeah. You're, you know when you're looking for the corner and like, wherever your fans are. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Or you celebrate yeah. a tackle, you know? Yeah, someone yeah. Someone puts yeah. a little tackle in the hole. Well, you've got nothing to yeah. go off of. Nothing. Uh, yeah. the, 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 uh, you're allowed to travel for, uh, like, Copper Libertadores yeah. or Sud America. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, uh, yeah, no, for the last Not 10 really years, they, they, they don't do it, which is a pity, I guess. But, yeah. I mean... <laughs> the, yeah. the government were like no we'd rather people not be dead yeah. <laughs> which is fair <laughs> they literally come out and say that so be dead just don't be dead uh, you mentioned League of Ireland so we are a big rover's head yeah so I just wanted to say thanks to the lads at Tales from the East End if I set this up for us because nice. they put you they put yourself on to us because as the podcast is it's creative minds around Ireland so it's been an absolute joy to have you on so far but I wanted to ask you how are you feeling about four in a row that's great because yeah. I grew up with uh, my dad was a big Rovers fan you know like when he was a teenager he was probably causing murder up and down uh, <laughs> Ireland but um, like where our house growing up a plaque on the wall the house was called Glen Malore, right, yeah, uh, yeah. and it was all about four in a row and you know I don't think it'll ever be done again Steve <laughs> I don't think it'll be ever done again you know um, and this year's been up and down for Rovers you know yeah, was it, it was a bad form a, and, what was it seven draws or something at the start of the season yeah I was, was going to say the start of the season wasn't the rocket like, take yeah. off no and I think that was one of those things where even from the very first game you know, like, you know uh, a last minute equaliser after after a red card kind of set the stall out for the opening part and the thing was you know we were actually playing good football yeah. in the early part mm. but then that that I remember a four all draw at home to Cork when we were 4-2 down and yeah. the game finished and we just thought even ran through my mind I went wow maybe outfit is right four in a row is hard in this league yeah, do yeah. you know yeah uh, I mean, Dundalk had a super team that got to the Europa League a few a few years before as well. Mm. They couldn't even win four in a row. Yeah, you know what I mean. Uh, they were regarded as one of the best. Oh yeah, they were. You know, at that time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, a very, very strong League of Ireland team. Uh, so just with the up and down nature of the clubs, I think it's very hard to do. But um, yeah, the European disappointment aside this year, the main thing was always this season oh, win the league. It doesn't matter yeah, what else happens, yeah, yeah, just yeah. somehow got over the line. Yeah, and it, it ended up being a little bit more comfortable the last few <laughs> yeah. weeks than I had anticipated. Yeah, I, I really seen thought. you put out kind of a young team that last game of the season. Yeah, and actually, I went. I went. Uh, I was away for the home game against Sligo, but I was down. Uh, the, week, the few days before in Cork yeah. and the same thing young team out and it was actually good to see they played yeah, with a bit yeah. of flair it was good atmosphere does that, does that young kid in midfield what's his name yeah Naz yeah, Naz, he, yeah it looks like yeah. he's going to go to uh, well they're talking about Real Madrid and yeah, all yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah there's been some good players yeah. come out of Rovers Academy yeah and, that's, the, and the thing about years. it is it's, it's, I think I don't know if I'm talking out of school here because uh, I don't know too much about it but it's one of those things where it's there might be lads who come out of it and they're not quite getting breaking into the first team yeah, because of the nature is we have to have trying to have the best players to retain Course, the league yeah, yeah. but then you get these one or two who are going to come out who are not even going to have much time in the League of Ireland because yeah. clubs are already looking and yeah, going yeah. Go snap them up, snap like, them up now yeah because yeah. yeah. um, it's kind of like if they have if they look like they have the talent at a young age if it's, if it's nurtured in say a championship team they could progress to be stronger yeah, than what they would if they stayed out not a bad way to Rovers I just mean the level of football like yeah it's almost like I feel with the League of Ireland if it's you might get somebody who is not an absolute standout but gets into a t- gets into the a League of Ireland team and then just just excels yeah. Yeah. and goes a level up where they can be taken to England and who knows where they go yeah, from there yeah, yeah. or you've got the wonder kids who yeah, get should be gone in. anyway you know yeah, what I mean yeah, yeah. look at Evan Ferguson yeah, yeah. 
you know, the likes prime example yeah, yeah. yeah and these are lads who y- you can never well you never begrudge anyone any league of Ireland player no, of opportunity course, no, no, no. no matter where to go so you never would do that but the other thing with these lads is uh, like their talent is so big yeah. that they're never going to be you're never going to go oh I wish they played in the League of Ireland for a season yeah, and yeah. there's huge financial rewards of course yeah, for Irish clubs are, are going to crack in a mint one day aren't they yeah I'm sure they have yeah. that sell on yeah because on someone contract. like Ferguson you know that that natural ability goal scorer yeah, his frame yeah. Yeah. everything about him physical it's, it's like was, yeah. these are you know there's a few and far between yeah. these strikers built yeah. like that yeah, I think yeah, you know yeah. so I think he's a big future if he stays yeah. fit Hopefully, yeah, that's really, the. I think at Brighton as well, it's a great place for him to kind absolutely of nurture yeah. and like grow as well, like because they're they're a great club for that. Like, yeah, and I think you have the right because Brighton are a very smart club with that, yeah. and I think they're obviously look if someone comes in with a stupid offer, they'll, they'll take it. But you look at you oh, look at United. Haaland, you look at uh, Harry. Look, United, you're a United fan, yeah, yeah. yeah. United should have broke the bank for seven years ago for Harry Kane. Yeah. Oh, but, you know, 100%. you know, when yeah, it was yeah, talked yeah. about and they were him and Han, they should have just put everything they could to get him. Even, Look at him now, he's even better than ever. Even this <laughs> season, I was like, just go get him. Like, when you yeah. knew he was going, yeah. put that on the table. And yeah. Look what he's doing, he's ripping up the Bundesliga. Yeah. Like, if he'd gone to United this year, do you reckon he'd be doing the same as he's yeah. doing? I think so. I think he's done that spores. That's just what he does. He's done that spores for yeah. a long time. Yeah. I think Man, he just finds a way. I, like, if they took that policy of, I always liked it when Van Persie was signed, Fergie was like, if you don't get the ball to him, you're not playing. <laughs> Your only role well, on legit, this pitch like, yeah. is yeah. to get the ball to RVP. So maybe if they'd taken that, because you look at Hoyland and yeah. stuff, they're not really Although, giving the service yeah. well, in there. to be fair, Hoyland is, he's, he's leaving an impression. Yeah. To be fair. I, I know like he's only young, but yeah. he still is hungry. And the way he runs is very Haaland-esque as well. Yeah. Like, yeah. I like him. I don't like the comparison to Haaland because <laughs> I think it's a big one yeah, to it's, be... Yeah, it's stratospheric. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But like, yeah. you can see similarities, Like is what I'm saying. Like He has that hunger the same well yeah. I know Haaland might have a little bit more but yeah. I think he's just good a freak. for his to be fair <laughs> I think Haaland is a good yeah. player for United do you follow anyone in England Stephen? I do yeah I follow uh, QPR my no life, lifelong Park Queen's Park Rangers, Rangers. fan we've had some tasty a... games against QPR yeah I mean, we're a disaster at the minute. But, yeah, uh, okay. yeah. yeah, we're in pieces. Like, but yeah. it's you know, you know, I can always get tickets. It's <laughs> <laughs> the bonus. Yeah. Uh, but like that's that's like anything. Uh, Where you did know. QPR come from? Well, I have family in West London, right, right beside the ground. Nice. And uh, it speaks to something which we might get into later on. It is kind of uh, one of the reasons I think that my personality is drawn to the type of work that I en- I've ended up doing is that I have always sort of wanted to be different. Okay. So QPR happened. Now Rovers went the opposite way, but we'll get into that. <laughs> uh, so I'm the eldest of. Well, I've only one sibling, younger bro- younger brother. But my dad, my granddad, all my uncles are mad Manchester United fans. Right. right. But I always had a streak in me from very early on that if everybody was saying red, I'd have to say blue or right, black or whatever. Yeah, you know yeah, yeah. So my dad bought me every United jersey everything bed covers no rejected it even at like three and four I knew it mad about football get out, get I, that went, out I went I went no I kind of I don't know what it was I yeah. knew that I went no no yeah. you're pushing yeah. me on this and I'm winding you up now right, yeah, for yeah. this so uh, obviously chose badly but my mum brought me on a trip to London to yeah to see her her family uh, my family uh, my cousins and stuff like that and uh, yeah they live five minute walk from Loftus Road oh, in really? Shepherd's Bush so I went to a game it was QPR Southampton they won 2-1 and uh, like they all bought a scarf and bought me a jersey and, right, and yeah. that was it I was QPR fan <laughs> Okay, yeah. and I tried the same trick very briefly with my dad with Rovers he was like well, come on my dad had taken a kind of a, a few years break and not going to the games right, after right. going most of his life and he, uh, he was kind of going 
I need to get back into doing something as a hobby, right? Get back into going following rovers all over the country. Yeah. And of course, we wanted to go. And I tried for about two two weeks <laughs> to be like, no, I, I follow Pats because <laughs> they were the champions at the time or whatever it was. But of course, when I was brought to the games, yeah. I, I found you myself, fell chan- it, yeah. I fell in love with it myself yeah, independently. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I went, look that. Just shut up, right? I'm a Rovers fan. <laughs> Just don't tell anybody I ever said any, any different. And uh, yeah, so we would go. That's how I ended up following Rovers. And I've had a few dips in and out just because of work or different yeah, scenarios yeah, yeah, over the years but uh, for the most part you know I, I, I'll try and get to as many away games as I can yeah. get to most of the home games yeah. you always kind of fall back into it at some point like yeah exactly it depends what you're doing I had a, yeah. I had a lot of time see over the years working in the theatre yeah. so Friday nights were out I was on stage yeah. and you kind of the thing about when you you're 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 following a team that you're not watching on the telly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Most, yeah. most, you know what I mean. That you're going to live games, you have to be there. Mm-hmm. I know they have LOI TV, which has actually been good for me this year yeah. because I'm able to see the games that I've been away for. But yeah. um, over the years, obviously that wasn't there. Yeah. No. So if you miss three or four or five games in a row, you're sort of like, oh, you know, you just feel you don't feel part yeah, of it. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. you feel like a, you feel like a uh, fair weather fan. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. so it's a, it's a perpetuating thing where all of you go, I missed the whole season. But uh, thankfully this year I've got a lot in. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, now definitely. And that kind of draws into maybe, if you want to bring us back to maybe, because you said you're an actor, you've been on stage, stuff like that, and you've, you've done some writing as well. So do you want to maybe bring us back to kind of the early days, like when you started kind of looking at arts and stuff like that? Or was it like, what was the kind of point A to point B? Yeah, I think going right back, like I was always, uh, I mean, I was even talking to me, my best mate, we're doing a, doing a show a uh, one night thing in the Civic in December which is a kind of my non-theatre writing and a few songs and different right. things and we were we were laughing about that and he was going do you know I, I, I was thinking about it. he goes if I introduce you in that show I have a funny thing he's going I know Stephen since we're, I'm four and he's three and the first thing he ever said to me was a lie right. and because I went out to the lads and I was like how are you can I play with you and yeah my name's Stephen and I'm from Russia. <laughs> right? so, and I kept that going until I was about seven or eight. And I, and I went so with I, an accent. I always no, I didn't even, no, I didn't need one. <laughs> you know, I assimilated. I was there with a bit of Tala accent. But I think it was like, or he he would pop in over and and I'd be in me in me garden, and I'd have me little wrestler figures or little football figures or whatever yeah. it was, and but I'd have a pen and a paper, and I'd be writing out scenarios or storylines yeah, for whatever yeah. it was so ever since I was a kid that was a, a kind of a way of escape was creating my own thing or like I was a big wrestling fan when I was a kid yes, but yeah. I'd be I'd be doing all the figures yes. I'd be doing my own yeah, my yeah. own pay-per-views you know <laughs> my own storylines yeah. doing the voices yeah. so I was always sort of in, in my imagination using these things as escape creating stories uh, and that was always going on and then it became a little bit more formal when I was a teenager I I got involved in a creative writing group out, based out of Tala Library. And uh, so I did that for a few years and we got little things published. And and um, the guy who kind of ran that was an author called Larry O'Loughlin. And he, he sadly passed away earlier this year. And uh, when I was getting ready to go to college, he was like, oh, like, so you're going to UCD? I said, yeah. And what are you studying? I'm going to do English and history. He said, right, what you do is on the first week, during Freshers Week, make sure you join the Drama Society. And right. I said, oh, I don't really act. And he's going, no, 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 my daughter did it. She's a writer. And yeah, if you write a play, 
they'll put it on yeah, yeah. They want, they'll always want new material as well oh, as yeah. famous plays and I thought oh that's a good idea and then I realised that like so I did that and I and I joined up and all that but I didn't really go down for the first few months and, um, <laughs> as usual at college yeah 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 <laughs> you just kind of take a breezy don't you yeah and but <laughs> the thing was then I realised actually looking back on it as a teenager you know, we were we were doing ah, oh, we were doing like our version of Jackass with video cameras, <laughs> and we were doing like backyard wrestling and yeah, all. Yeah, oh, yeah, shit, yeah. Like I've but, so many videos of that shit. Yeah, at home yeah, as well. yeah. Here, Dad, watch this as I fuck myself off the roof. He's like, exactly, I'm so yeah. proud of you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fabulous landing on the moon salt there, son. <laughs> Except take me to James's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I heard something. Yeah, yeah. So, but I was always kind of orchestrating that right, and yeah. writing little film scripts for me and my mates to do. You know, we'd we'd screen them and we'd have a great laugh. You know, now embarrassing stuff but you know yeah. at the time we thought we were hilarious and uh, so I realised actually that's something that that came naturally to me and what happened was I uh, I saw a poster for uh, auditions for 12 Angry Men and I loved that movie right, right for the play version of it mm-hmm. so I said oh, I can do an American accent I'll go down and just give this a bash long story short <laughs> I ended up getting the lead role in it like the guy the Henry Fonda the, character the nice, yeah. yeah he goes juror number 8 yeah, okay, he goes, yeah, yeah. He, the guy who goes not guilty you know yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh, so that was my first ever play so I ended up doing that and I fell in love with it but the interesting thing as well of that was of the 12 lads that were in the show I think 6 or 7 are now either professional actors or like there was two, two of the lads that were in that are now in Foil Arms and Hog the comedy group oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah a few of the lads who ended up in Love Hate like so yeah. so I spent my time in, in college basically writing plays and acting in plays with all these other people who were sort of going when I finish college, I'm, I'm going to be an actor. Yeah. Where I was sort of like, what do you mean, like as a job? Can you do that? <laughs> I didn't, I didn't, you know, I just thought acting as a job was for yeah. fucking Hollywood movie stars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, we all sort of influenced each other. And so, so many people that I went to college with that were ahead of me or my year or below me all went through Dramsock. So many are involved as as professionals. Yeah, yeah. Mm. They're in the industry, like. Yeah. And, and then what happened was, uh, now you can interrupt me at any point. No. But, I'll walk away. Uh, <laughs> What happened was, there's an actor who you'd know from Love, Hate and other things called Peter Coonan. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. He was in a Dermot's feature film that's coming now. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Right, fantastic actor. Now, we were good pals. And I wrote a play that was about the estate where I'm from in Tallaght called Glenview Park. And the show was called The Billy Goats at Glenview Park. And the whole thing was, all the adults played, we all played kids. We all played 12-year-olds. Yeah. And it was using a kind of stereotypical setup of one day in the summer and Peter Coonan was playing Slim like the little tough leader of the gang. <laughs> yeah. But the thing was, you know, uh, Ado Dempsey from, from Timon, he was a, a bigger and badder kid, yeah. has told him, I'm coming down tomorrow to batter you. <laughs> and the whole thing is, it's yeah. about this little kid and all his mates going, hey, you don't want to just go in. <laughs> no, I'm not afraid of him. Do you yeah. know what I mean? But he's secretly terrified. Yeah. And there's all these other little characters. I've been there before. Yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> this is all coming back to me. Yeah, here now. yeah. And so really it was about these kids from working class areas who sort of have to become men a little bit quicker than yeah, yeah. You, might, you should have to. Yeah. Mm. And, and it was kind of funny and all that kind of stuff. And, uh, so Peter was the lead in that and he said, oh, I have a fella coming tonight to watch the show and he said he, he, he's a friend of a friend, he's a director, he's writing this film so he's going to have a look at it. And I had a small, even though I wrote the play and I directed it, I had a small part in it as well. Yeah. So your man was talking to me after it, he loved it and and uh, a long story short, I ended up blagging me way, I want the part of this film you're making as well, right? right. Not knowing anything about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So me and Peter went out to uh, film a few days for no money and this was going to be a little, like a 10 minute, like, you know, what would you say? 
uh, it, like a demo or something yeah. to show yeah, the film yeah, board. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, 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 you know, yeah, they uh, they were a concept. Probably. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so they were the film board had said to him. So the filmmaker ended up being Mark O'Connor, right? He's made of King of the Travelers, and yeah, so this yeah, was called yeah, Between yeah, the yeah. Canals. Yeah, okay, right. So uh, we did that. Yeah, I think the film board ended up giving him a hundred grand to go and make it. So next thing I know, I'm just fresh out of college and we're making this. And me and Peter were pretty much the only ones in the film with any acting experience. Right. The rest were all heads from Sheriff Street and in and around that area. <laughs> yeah. And so we made the film uh, and it's good because it's, it's wild, right? Uh, so it's a bit all over the shop, but it had something about it. And it, it went to the Jemison Festival. And what happened then was... Uh, I started doing plays, mostly profit share in town. Like if the play makes a few bob, you get a few quid, but right, you're basically yeah. just doing it for experience, you know? Yeah, course, yeah. So I was still, I was working in a call center for Paddy Power at the time, just graduated. <laughs> and I was like very focused on, on being a professional actor, but I knew it would take time. Yes. And other stuff, like I had the support of my parents. I remember uh, mm-hmm. I did a play when I was in college and my English lecturer came to see it and told my parents, he should forget about academics. He needs to go and be, be an actor. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, <laughs> I was time with the idea of going to drama school in London, but then could I really afford it? And I got to, I auditioned four times for this really prestigious drama school in London, you know, out of, out of eight, yeah, Rada and Lambda, out of the 8,000 applicants worldwide, <laughs> I got to the final 60 and wow, then didn't, didn't wow. get in, you know, all this kind of stuff. So yeah, I was like, yeah. right, you're more determined than ever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But what happened was Between the Canals came out and then I didn't have an agent like that. This was all an alien world to me. But I got a phone call and it, it was a casting director and they were getting ready to do Love Hate Season 2. Oh, wow. And the thing about Love Hate Season 1, if you remember, it got a little bit of stick because they went, it's too pretty, it's too clean, it's too middle class. Yeah, yeah. So we went in and the director and the writer were like, uh, they didn't even know if we were actors or not. Yeah. Right? They were like, but we loved, Between the Canals, bit all over the shop, but yeah. we, we loved it. That's how we want to love hate to look yeah. yeah yeah kind of gritty and gritty and yeah, like yeah. like you know the guys who were playing heroin addicts yeah, yeah. Were, were recovering heroin addicts like yeah, they were the real yeah. deal uh, funny enough Barry Keoghan who's now like Hollywood superstar, superstar yeah. Yeah. he has like three lines in it he was just a lad in the street going the cliche what's this a film yeah <laughs> give us a fucking part in this yeah. you know yeah, yeah. and he ends up he's in it as well that's a cracker that is yeah, yeah. so then yeah I remember me and Peter ringing each other because we were good pals and uh we, none of us we neither one of us had an agent and we were both like had done three or four auditions for Fran so it was basically me or him <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Right. and we're ringing each other and then he rang me going and listening mate I got that part I said oh like fair play to you because you'll never begrudge anyone you know no, yeah. but then I got a phone call to say look we'll definitely have something for you in it yeah so I ended up with a small part in it but I, I think it ended up in five or six episodes but I just kind of like you have to learn to be sponge like and it's it's weird with actors you sort of get embarrassed. People go, you're in love, hate. And I go, well, I wasn't really. <laughs> yeah. but, but I was, you know what yeah, I mean? Of course, yeah. You're there. But I, I was like a sponge. So I was watching and I, and I ended up getting on great with Aidan Gillen and the writer mm. of it and the director. So, uh, you know, it was just watching and learning and, and all that kind I'd of crap. i say that was some experience, yeah. Yeah, it was great. And it's nice yeah. to be look back and say you're a part of it, you know? Yeah, and the funny was thing huge. was, yeah. I, 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 I went for a coffee then with the writer because we were talking about my own writing at this stage. And, uh, he said, I, I just, I'm not sure what to do with your character. Like season four was about to come out yeah. or was about to be, you know, filmed. And he's going, Defo going to have you in it. And I remember pitching to him uh, an idea because my character was called Brian and he was sort of like the gangs, Nidges gangs, barman slash doorman. He was just a heavy that <laughs> yeah, was around. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I was going, uh, I was like my favorite show of all time, which I think is number one to this day is The Sopranos. Right. Oh, oh yeah, yes. Yeah. So I was going, what about a Furio? 
scenario. What if like Nidja's under pressure and he hires me to be 24-7 around Trish and his kid and all. Yeah, well, and I, yeah. I fall in love with Trish. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and he's going, that's not bad, that's not bad. <laughs> and then Nidja has to whack you at the end of the season. Yeah, you know? And I was going, great. But what happened was then, uh, I ended up by this time, ended up getting an agent who I still have to this day, very good one. And, uh, and um, I ended up going on tour with uh, Druid Theatre Company, which was sort of my, one of my dream as a theatre actor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, so... It was a choice then, you know, an unsure part in season four or accept this offer now to go on tour with Druid. And it was two plays that were written. He was still alive at the time by Tom Murphy, which in the the theatre world, that's like fucking Quentin Tarantino or Martin Scorsese saying, come and and work with me. So, um, so I did that. So I missed out on Love, Hate season four, but they threw me a day or two days (laughs) and season five, you know, just, you know, um, it's a send off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but what happened was that year, that was 2013 and I left college in 2009, I think. So it took four years, but I had enough work uh, lined up where I was able to hand in the notice in the call centre. Right. Oh, amazing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was great. And the thing was, they were really happy for me because I'd yeah. done stuff like, let's say, I don't know, like uh, I forget which one it was. I've done a lot of ads and stuff as well. One of the ads was on. And I remember I was sitting in the call centre. It was a really busy night. And, you know, and on every screen, the ad came on. And you get people looking back, you know. That's yourself. Yeah, yeah. Still doing the Leo DiCaprio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was time. It was time. I was sick of that. But uh, that, was a, that was an important moment because uh, I said to myself, so that was, yeah, that was January or February 2013. And I was like, right, unless I am absolutely destitute and I've squeezed every sent out of everywhere I can yeah. find I'm never gonna have another job bar doing what I'm doing yeah mm-hmm. now look there's nothing wrong with having a job plenty of actors I know have to do it yeah mm-hmm. of course, uh, yeah. but my whole thing was I have to have that mentality yeah uh, this is it like, that this you know, is it yeah yeah, you know, because because it meant then when I wasn't getting work in the theater from a from a company or I wasn't getting voiceovers or days on films or TV, mm-hmm. it meant then and I was writing my own material. Yeah, I yeah. was getting relationships with venues, yeah. so I knew November's looking quiet now in six months' time. Yeah. I'd ring up the Civic and Tala or the Viking or Bewley's or whoever it was <coughs> mm-hmm. and say, "I have something. Have you slots in November? Yes, yeah, Stephen, no problem." Because you'd built up that relationship, yeah, and that yeah, reputation. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. So if I wasn't doing something for the Abbey or Fish Amble or a television company one of my own plays would be on somewhere yeah Fair. and it would be like I'll invest money for the set and to pay people and then hopefully I'll make a profit yeah, at the yeah, end yeah, by yeah, the yeah, end yeah, so yeah, you yeah. take that risk a little bit and it wouldn't be mad money yeah but it'd be enough to go Keep you that's the rent pay this month this yeah. is this what yeah, am I doing yeah, next yeah. and see with that kind of way of thinking like I've I've fell into it myself when I was walking um, and when you're when you're comfortable in a job and you might hate it and you're like, oh, this is playing shite, but it pays the bills every month. What you were doing was you were like, I'm not going to be in that comfortableness. I'm going to take the risk and and move forward with it. And tears and might be tough, but I'm going to... But when people get that comfortability, they kind of lose their dreams. So yeah, it's obviously I, a big... I think for me, what made it a little bit easier for me, I suppose, was that that was always part of my makeup as yeah. a person, I think. Like the... Um, I couldn't see myself doing nothing else. Yeah, yeah, yeah either. Yeah. And it's funny, like I have a mate who's an accountant, and he, he can't fathom 
my um, <laughs> mentality. Yeah, yeah. But I was saying to him, but you have to understand, I can't understand yours. Yours, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? It's like social's norm is to go out yeah. and get a good job yeah. and be it's, monetarily fucking yeah. good, it's like you know what I mean? I'll settle for this. Yeah, for, for yeah. that's what I mean. Like, that comfortableness. Don't get out of it. Yeah, yeah, but, you know yeah, I mean? yeah. yeah. That's but exactly what I mean. I imagine it probably didn't feel like yeah. much of a risk at the time because exactly it was doing it. exactly what you wanted to be doing. Yeah, it didn't feel like a risk. It felt like this is what I have to do. Right, yeah, yeah. And like even... And and I've got a much greater appreciation now over the years of of people who who have quote unquote nine to five jobs, mm. yeah. and I think people have a mind like uh, my partner at the moment. She's a dentist, mm. and it's not that she's money mad or anything like that. Yeah. But she, you know, does a, a something would go path. something would go funny in her brain yeah. Yeah. if she wasn't able to know exactly how yeah, the exactly. next year yeah. is going to go. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas my thinking is more like. I'll sort itself out. It'll sort itself out. Yeah. Or if I if I know a few months and a head grand, yeah. I don't need a necessarily I can have dreams of having a five year plan or whatever I want to do, right? Yeah. And um but I'm just going on a financial sense, not maybe in a life <laughs> sense, I'm just sort of going, How am I fixed now, this moment today? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm in a good I'm in a good position, I'm comfortable. Grant, so uh, yeah, I'm yeah, not yeah. thinking, what if I never work again? What, <laughs> yeah, like, where yeah, am I yeah. going to be in three years? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, don't worry about that at all yeah, in yeah. terms of in terms of career or money or anything like that. Of course, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, so. it's quite interesting because I find, like, so it was the writing that led to the acting, it seems, like from originally in, in kind of how you're, kind of, you're telling your story there. And I find a lot of the times I've heard people, it kind of goes... The other way. The other way and do you think that, like, when you were when you were writing, did you always see if it was a play or whatever it was, whatever, did you always see yourself in it? Or was that something that like, okay, well, I, somebody has to do it, I'll do it. And then, you know. Yeah, uh, a bit of both really, because what happened with me was, as you, you're right there, the writing led to the acting. Mm. And then what happened was, I won't say it's a loss of confidence, but something happened where it, when I was in college, I could just churn out the plays. Mm-hmm. No problem, write it, get, get it up on yeah. there. And then what happened was, I sort of got into the professional realm as an actor. And people would say to me, uh, are you you right as well don't you uh, yeah yeah but uh, I haven't I haven't got anything I think is professional standard or yeah, quality yeah, or yeah, that I yeah. wanted to put out there yeah. and next thing I know it's like 2016 and uh, a really good friend of mine and he passed away way too young four years ago mm-hmm. uh, Carl Shields great actor and um, we lived together as part of like seven mad actors in a house in Norman Norman's uh, key <laughs> but he had a theatre called Theatre Upstairs uh, on Eden Quay above a pub above Lanigan's it's now called the James Connolly the pub now I think one of the a victim of COVID <laughs> and um, he was like right I'm not taking November you four months here's your slot because you've been anytime you go for a few beers or something like that I'd be going oh I have a play for you you know yeah, and he, yeah, he yeah. kind of called the bluff <laughs> yeah. he said enough of this now <laughs> because the long money yeah, yeah yeah do it and yeah. so that was a play called From Eden uh, which did very well for me and won awards and stuff but I went okay I have to have the same mentality I had when I was in college if I have yeah. an idea put it out there yeah. trust that it'll be good enough but what was interesting about that was the team that worked on that ended up being the same team as Northern Lights right. which started as a play in yeah, the same venue sure. in front of 40 people right. and you know for cut to four years later it's a television show that's about to come out that was made for five million quid do you know yeah. what I mean yeah crazy um so it's yeah there's little things there's moments of um, I started off as a writer became an actor then it was like oh, I'm just an actor and then <laughs> it was like actually you need to incorporate your writing into this 
And then once I started doing that, I realized that the 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 key for me to move beyond, you know, just being a theater actor or a, a supporting day player on TV and film was. Yeah. And I remember having this conversation with my agent. I went, if I'm to take a step up on the ladder, mm. it'll be something I write myself. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's what happened. I ended up uh, had a, having a period of time where I was either, you know, heavy number three in a crime drama <laughs> or in the theatre, I, I became the guy who could do voices. So yeah. I was in Alone at Stands, which is a very, very funny rugby play. But at the time, Munster beat the All Blacks, but you're playing 10 different characters. Right. Mm. I did Stones in His Pockets, 15 different characters. Mm. I played Kino and I Kino in the Olympia. Yeah. You know, so I was all of a sudden, I was known in the, in the small circle of Irish theatre as the guy you call if you want comedic voices. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Which in and itself a is a small little pigeonhole. Yeah. Yeah. Little me. Yeah. yeah. So the stuff I was writing then was about more. Uh, was for me, yeah, to answer your question, sorry, yeah. long-winded. It was for the roles that I I wanted to play. Yeah. Which tend to be people who are, uh, men who are in touch with their emotional side, but still sort of figuring it out, mm-hmm. who, you know, all different aspects, but kind of normal blokes. Yeah. And also what was important for me, because I'm interested in the, in the idea of, of class, okay. but mm-hmm. without it being that being the subject. Yeah. So I wanted to have a guy who was from where I'm from without saying it, who sounds like I sound with my accent, but could be university educated. It wasn't, sometimes I find that people with my accent, when you see them on TV or on stage, it's either kind of comedic buffoonery yeah, yeah, yeah. or it's, they're in a drug gang. Yeah. 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 And so there's nothing wrong with that. I've been both. And if they're, <laughs> yeah. if they're good, they serve a purpose, both yeah. of those genres. Yeah. But I wanted I wanted a guy where where he was from didn't matter. Yeah. And he could be talking about James Joyce or he could be talking about the Kardashians. Yeah. Whatever, you know what I mean? There's in equal measure like yeah. we do in real life. Yeah. yeah. And and those and, and those kind of ordinary extra, extraordinary stories to ordinary people were the ones I wanted to tell. Yeah. And I was like I can't wait around forever. Mm. So that's why I would I would write them with myself in mind. Yeah, yeah. You know, what I wanted fair. to play. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, it makes sense anyways, because I think I know if it was me and I, the kind of characters that I would probably create within a story are probably just naturally characters that I would probably want to play if I was an actor right. doing so. You know, that kind of way, there's probably like a a, a marriage there anyways. You know? Yeah. And yeah. it's, it's it, I think a lot of the characters I've written that I've ended up playing myself in, in some ways are, are, are super, super close to me. Mm-hmm. I've yeah. written things that I went, they're not for me at all. Mm-hmm. And they were they were exploring something else or mm-hmm. you know it might be more how I see friends or family members yeah, or something yeah, yeah. inside mm-hmm. them they were they were less related to me yeah, yeah. in a way mm-hmm. yeah and you mentioned there so Northern Lights is this it's coming out on the 14th of November you've written it did you mention there that it was written as a play forced originally yeah it was a play yeah. that was put on and it was a very small scale play yeah. it, was, it was a two hander two, like these two characters and so like, the, the kind of basis of the story is uh, it's about these two characters, Lloyd and Anya, who are strangers to each other. And Lloyd looks out his window uh, on Ormond Quay, yeah. kind of where I used to live. He looks down on Granton Bridge, which is the Cable Street Bridge, the Green Bridge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's, it's a late on a Friday night. It's absolutely torrential rain slashing. And he sees this girl standing there in the one spot looking out on the water for way too long yeah, than is yeah. normal. Yeah. And he's like, what the fuck is what she, is she doing? Thinking, yeah. And he runs down 
uh, are you okay? And she's like, yeah, fuck off. And he's like, no, I'd leave you alone. It's just very strange for yeah, you to be yeah. standing out here like this. And long story short, she ends up taking shelter in his apartment. Don't give too much away. Don't give too much away. But, but, but uh, his reason for going down to ask her, was she okay? Uh, ties into something that he's seen right. months earlier. Okay, mm-hmm. yeah. That she's connected to. Right, and right. our world is connected in, in in a way that's without them realizing, without them realizing it. Until. And so these two characters kind of spend this weekend together. So that was that's the play. The play is these two characters in one apartment. Yeah. In this and and he's going through his own str- struggle, which you you slowly start to get mm-hmm. revealed. And 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 these two characters sort of form this connection and 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 quick kind of bond over kind of mutual grief, I guess. And um and it's funny and sad and hopeful. Yeah. And that was and that was that was it. It was just this little human story in this little apartment in Dublin. Yeah. So you were putting it on in Dublin as a show. Mm. Yeah. So, and then what? Do you know how kind of it got to the hands of? Yeah. So what happened then was uh, the play was really well reviewed, and it was uh, set to it was advertised to transfer to uh, the Peacock Theatre, the Abbey. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then. That little flu happened. COVID. Oh, yeah. <laughs> We're not that talking. Fucking big flu that ruined everything. Um, no. Uh, so and so then it ended up being postponed. But in a way, it was sort of a blessing in disguise, which is really a good lesson for life, isn't it? You know, that, like you have to wait and see mm-hmm. what happens. What you think is a disaster, and how can yeah. this happen to me? Yeah. You know, you have to see what happens six months later and, and reassess, because then. Uh, with it not going on like in the National Theatre where it would have had a much bigger audience I guess uh, I ended up getting a phone call from a company in Ireland called Deadpan Pictures Mm -hmm. and uh, I'd worked with them as an actor on a series for RTE called Nowhere Fast and uh, knew them quite well and for years they'd kind of said really enjoy your plays we'd love to get you writing TV but it was always in a kind of you know passing conversation but they rang me and said look come in the head of RT comedy, the head of RT drama, who both subsequently don't work for RT anymore. Um, nothing to do with any scandal. <laughs> just years before. Oh. Yeah, no, no, nothing like that. Uh, uh, I knew the two lads, Justin and Shane is their names, and they had seen the play, and Ailish uh, is the name of the producer at Deadpan, and she'd seen the play and worked with me. And so I met them in typical Irish fashion for a pint one day, mm-hmm. very oh, casual. Mm-hmm. And they were like... Uh, I was there ready to pitch like three or four TV series. Yeah. yeah. And they went, no, no, <laughs> no. like, oh, we're going for a point. I'll, I'll try we already have the one. Yeah, yeah no, yeah. they were like, yeah, they were like, no, 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 Northern Lights. And I was like, the little play, there were two people in a room. Like, and they were, I was going, how are you, what? So anyway, look, I was kind of going, oh, I don't know. They were like, no, we just think the characters are very rich. You could, you could, we could spread that world out. Who are the people that they talk about? Who are their families? Mm. What's going on? How, how room to kind of expand? Yeah, expand it. And I was yeah. kind of going, I don't know. But then, you know, at the same time, they're like, look, we'll, we'll give you a small amount of money to go and think about it. I thought, yeah, I think I really think there could be six seasons here, you know? Like, it was all of a sudden, it was like, yeah, no matter. Uh, how much? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Choking, as he chokes on his pint. Yeah. But, yeah. but uh, so I went away and uh, I kind of came back with a two or three pager of what we could potentially do with it and this leads on to them getting you a few more quid to write a 10 page tra- and then all of a sudden you're writing a treatment mm-hmm. and wow. then you know they're, they're, they've come up with the money to uh, to fund you to do a pilot episode and then this kind of gets shipped around so uh, for different reasons long story short it ended up not working out with RTE 
But by that stage, three or four of the six episodes had been written. And also the big kind of thing was that Screen Ireland were really behind it. And the even bigger thing was Lionsgate from America yeah, were now on board. Like, yeah. yeah, so they were really behind it. And so they were like, well, look, we're you've written four of the six episodes. We're going to give you the money to go and write the final two episodes. And we're definitely going to get this made. But the thing was, we needed an Irish station because Aye. your taxpayers' money was funding it through Screen Ireland's right. yeah. money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and so uh, Virgin Media, I remember, uh, I mean, we were sent to them as well and they knew me because I was had been on Red Rock for a good while mm-hmm. and they were like, we love it, but it's just not what, like they're, they were kind of buying in shows from England and also kind of doing more, you know, The Missing Girl yeah, or, yeah, or yeah. you know, The Cop Show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And, the, um, the ones that are just all drenched now, like it's crazy. Saturated, yeah. And then, and then TG Carr became an option because they had always had an English language slot and mm-hmm. actually put on some HBO, like Fargo and stuff was on yeah, TG yeah. Carr. So they were like, well, if we're going to have English language content, why not try and get involved with a homegrown show? Yeah. yeah. And they had to run it past the board and, you know, there was a few uh, Irish language speakers who were got jobs as interns and different things just to be part of it just so we yeah. could offer them something else. Mm-hmm. And they were never going to be able to match a certain fee but at the same time, we needed them too. So it met in the middle yeah, and it was yeah. really nice. And they came on board. And, and you know, the, th- the other thing was, is, is that um, they've been producing really good content for a long time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Irish language like Ross Narell. has been great. You know, so <laughs> my dad used to watch that like, all yeah, the yeah. time. And I used to watch it as well. And, but there's some brilliant, I, I was involved, even though I was speaking English, in a, in a docudrama they did uh, that was called The Queen versus Patrick O'Donnell and it, like it's really really good stuff so uh, I was delighted to be working with them and to get it on and you know there's there was a it was there was Belgian money in it as well so it's going to be on one of their big streaming platforms nice ZDF in Germany which is like their BBC have already right. bought it so that'll be fun because I'll get to watch myself being dubbed in German <laughs> nice. yeah. and then there's it's still in the process now I think with the strikes ending uh, yes. in America in it gives a lot more scope for Lionsgate to get the right platform they want to sell it to over mm-hmm. there yeah. Yeah. Um, so there's all these other still big decisions and sales to go yeah. ahead mm-hmm. uh, to see where it ends up yeah. in a, on a global sense mm-hmm. but uh, it was always going to premiere in Ireland so that's happening next week yeah um, and how, how does that you make know, you feel like to, to see yeah, this I'm kind delighted, of you know? Yeah, yeah I mean I've watched the whole thing now and the biggest thing for me is I mean, like, God, I'm going to sound so old now, but you get to that point <laughs> where you're, it's not that you don't care, but you stop trying so hard to impress right. people. Yeah. And of course, yeah, that's yeah. that's when things finally click when you're not, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're yeah, not yeah. groveling, going, just give me the, like the desperation yeah. is gone. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I wouldn't care genuinely if the only people that enjoyed it were me, my mum and my dad. Yeah. Because yeah. there's so many amazing creative people in it, involved in it, mm-hmm. yeah. that your your fear is, this is not going to be my show. Yeah, yeah, like at the heart of it, right. yeah, I'm gonna yeah, watch yeah. this and go, yeah, yeah, it's really, really good. But <laughs> yeah. the the heartbeat of it is ripped away, and it's yeah. it's not really mine. Yeah. Whereas some, for some great reason, people much more talented than me that are involved in it have all somehow got on my wavelength of of what I thought it thought it should be. Yeah, and mm-hmm. then exceeded it with how it, it looks and right. how it sounds yeah, yeah, and the yeah. music and yeah. we've got really cool stuff that I asked for that they didn't think they'd have the budget for like uh like hose there's a hosier track which is the opening music for the credits. Right. Mazer has done the artwork for the opening ah, credits. Very cool. Right. Um 
you know, just little things like that. Uh, our DOP is this like prodigy. She's like 28 from Belgium, who is probably going to be an Oscar winning cinematographer at some point yeah, yeah. called Maxime Lauhaus. And uh, she just has made it look like Unbelievable. unreal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that's what people really noticed. There's a trailer just come out, but yeah, there's a longer that. trailer that we had for the press, which is just stunning. So I'm really proud of it. I think, and I think, um, I hope people watch it. I know that for for people, it was like in Ireland, it's like TG Carr is not someone people people just yeah, flick yeah. on. I did find this when I seen it was yeah. TG Carr. I was like, and why is, going, is it Irish? Yeah, yeah. Is it, I, I know. <laughs> but the thing is that you know, hopefully, there's a, enough kind of press and promotion coming out at the weekend and stuff. Um, but also, you know, TG Carr is a player, and and this is only the beginning of it. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and the other thing is, it's all it's word of mouth. Course, I don't yeah, care yeah. what platform something's on. Yeah. If if I get enough people telling me it's good, telling me it's good, I'll go and I'll go and check it out. Yeah. And I think it's it's um it's a kind of a slow burner. It's six it's six hours of TV, but it's it's got depth. I think once you once you get into the characters, all these little twists and turns happen. Yeah. So because what happens in the TV show is the two characters meet and they do spend this weekend together in the present. But it keeps flashing to different moments in their past right. in a non-linear yeah, way, yeah, yeah. and you sort mm-hmm. of are have to piece it you're together. piecing it together yeah, of, yeah, yeah. of what's happened to bring them to this point. Yeah, and yeah. just when you think you know what it is, Bam. something happens. M Night Shyamalan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All of a sudden, um, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> They're all ghosts. Sorry about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Things are ghosts. Bruce Willis yeah, was yeah. the ghost. Yeah, yeah. So. Um, so yeah, and I think so. Yeah, they described it. The guys in America were coming up with ways we could, we could kind of what do you say in a marketing kind of way. But one thing they came up with, I thought, was quite good. They went, they went it's an emotional detective story, right? So oh, as right. as opposed to being plotty in that way or a who done it or cliffhangers galore, yeah, it was that thing of going, <clears throat> you think you figured out why this guy is behaving the way he is, and then all of a sudden something happens that changes your mind about that, and then something happens again. Yeah, yeah. So all these things that piece together, and it's you know it builds this level of complexity and depth. And I think that people who, like me, like to sit down and and watch something and and not are not afraid to do a bit of work. Yeah, as an yeah. audience member. That's my oh, girlfriend. Like, yeah. yeah, she she pieces everything together. And I just yeah, yeah. have to pause. And be like, wait, why did they do that? And she's like, remember last episode and yeah, they done yeah. that. That's this what I'm that. like. Nicole, yeah. my missus, like she's kind of like in and out of things. And then she'll watch it and she'll be like, hang on, how did we get here? And I'm like, well, you're not watching my ten minutes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. But now, yeah, you have to kind of yeah, yeah think yeah. on it. Like, do you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Be involved in it. Yeah, I think it's a big thing. I've always thought if I'm writing something or if I'm directing something, I always the advice. I always throw out is to remember like that um like you're you're telling the story the audience isn't yeah and so you know you have to you have to go at the the pace you think is right and you know if the audience want to come along they'll be rewarded Mm. and if they after 10 minutes they're going there's not enough gunshots and people smashing through windows here yeah that's fine too it won't be the show for them yeah you know um so yeah but yeah to go back to it yeah i'm I'm, I'm buzzing. We had a little premiere there, kind of press screening and stuff for family and friends and some press in the Lighthouse Cinema last Wednesday. Love the Lighthouse. Yeah. yeah, and it was great. And it's the second time for me to see it on the big screen. There was a Lionsgate yeah. held a London screen, and which was mental oh, well, uh, yeah. in the summer or <coughs> earlier in the year. And um, so it's, it just showed the first episode. But uh, like the response was great. And to see like family and stuff get finally get to see it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. That's a real reward. In the yeah, sense, and like, for me, it's like when it's actually on, mm. on TV on the 14th the first episode 
uh, like it's one of those like you know we'll get a pizza and we'll sit down with the family and, yeah, course, yeah. Yeah. and watch it and then I'm definitely going to do that myself <laughs> yeah, I do, and, and then the other thing is if people like there's six episodes so I don't know and straight after the first one the first three episodes are available on the TG Car player yeah. um, it means people will have to wait then a few weeks for the next three yeah, yeah. but um, yeah it's like anything you know It's it, I think it, you know a couple of nice write-ups a couple of good responses and that sets it up nicely then to see where it goes in yeah. terms of the bigger markets abroad yeah, yeah, yeah. next year uh, and I'm working on the second season already wow amazing, amazing. Again, there's no guarantee that it, it yeah. goes ahead, but yeah. they, you know they you they're, stay on top of yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, they've got the, they've given me the money to go and write the first few, few episodes anyway. And just oh, speaking on that, what was the writing process like? Because obviously it said it started as a play, but then to have to expand it. Yeah. Were you even thinking of expanding that play? No. No. And then this came all happened this, and you had this to never, expand it. This never would have happened without uh, like, and it's so funny as a like in the creative world, and I know that you guys have interviewed like musicians and different yeah. people. It's like. Uh, you spend a, a lot of time if you're not picked up straight away as some kind of prodigy artist you're sort of knocking on doors yeah. everywhere and this was one of those weird things where I didn't knock on this door yeah. my door was oh, knocked yeah, on someone, yeah, someone yeah. nicked yeah. at you yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but that's I think that's also because of I'd worked from, as an actor so my, yeah. my and my, my previous work and doing my own plays and willing to put up put a play on in a 30 seater pub venue yeah, 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 yeah. you know you never know who's coming to watch you know especially in a small town so um yeah, so I spent a long time working on on the treatment, and then I was very lucky that I they allowed me to write that thing myself. Yeah. And when I had the kind of early drafts done, uh, I worked with a woman who is a, a novelist and a screenwriter. But one of our big skills is as a story consultant. Okay, mm. yeah, yeah. So uh, she's my good pal, Lauren. She's from Australia. Uh, Lauren's probably in her fifties, and she's brilliant because she's really just there's no sugarcoating anything no bullshit because yeah, yeah. the thing I always <laughs> say is like she, she's now I consider her a friend yeah, but yeah. other like really top writers that have worked with her in the same role know exactly what I'm talking about when I say it to them it's <laughs> yeah. like when her phone number comes up on your thing or her name comes up you're like oh god because it's just like hello and she's like yeah, yeah I get that like, with Bob there's another character yeah, gone yeah Stephen like that rewrite is just like bad <laughs> yeah. oh, oh no which is <laughs> yeah. usually right you know yeah, yeah, yeah. it comes like, from a good place yeah like, yeah, you know? yeah like I thought you wouldn't know because then she's full of praise when, when yeah. she you know, when it, yeah. when it does well yeah. but her role is to not really change the work but it's to go Look, don't you can't put that flashback here. You have to put it here because of this. Yeah. So yeah, she has you. that. Uh, I'm sort of breaking rules, and she's not trying to get me to learn the rules. She's just going, you can break this rule, this rule, and this rule, but you can't really break this one because of this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So she's very good. She's a sounding board, but also will 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 bounce my ideas back and forth. She's very good at structure, and mm -hmm. something that's a very delicate kind of uh, jigsaw puzzle. She's very good. So uh, I, I worked with her. Yeah. on the scripts uh, when they were kind of in some sort of shape and we just pieced together a few little things around um, I'm working with her again on the second season nice um, so it was, it was a long process yeah. uh, I learned a lot well, I think why I was lucky was that I didn't know what the rules of TV writing were yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. so I didn't worry about it Yeah, I just wrote it and they went yeah alright <laughs> you know <laughs> we'll fix this and this and this yeah. Yeah, but yeah, in yeah. general you're sent to the characters and the thing about the show is it does deal with very uh sensitive and sometimes heavy and dark themes themes mm -hmm. but it's done my natural uh way of writing is it's it's humor to to disarm you yeah. to then talk about 
whatever it may be in this right, in this yeah, instance yeah. it might be yeah. mental health yeah uh, yeah it might be something else and i never wanted to be an issues thing i'm not trying to preach to anybody yeah i'm just presenting characters and scenarios that happen every day mm-hmm. with the good bad and the ugly yeah that comes emotions that come around it mm-hmm. um but uh but yeah so it's it's also it's also funny and yeah. I think that's a very Irish thing. Yeah. You know, in the dark. Yeah. Even in the dark, there is a, a laugh yeah. to be had. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. I always think, like, you know, and I always think, I'm going to do it now, even though I shouldn't. I always clarify this idea that I have by saying, I know this is a bit wanky. It's a very Irish thing to do. <laughs> yeah, but actually, yeah. people shouldn't be afraid. It's, he's only a writer. Yeah. So Samuel Beckett, right? Yeah. One of the great Irish writers. Uh huh. There's a great phrase about him, which is that he's, he's difficult for adults, but easy for children. Right. The people get worried about things they think are highfalutin or pretentious or too intellectual for them yeah, when yeah. actually he's talking about things that are applicable to all of us right. yeah, yeah, it's yeah. just love and happiness and life and yeah, you know yeah, the yeah. absurdities of it mm-hmm. but there's a if you want to understand Beckett there's one line that does it and I think it, it actually sums up a certain Irishness and the line is nothing is funnier than unhappiness <laughs> right, so that's his work it's sort of in a nutshell yeah. Yeah, but yeah. It, for me it's one aspect of Irishness and it doesn't mean you know you're, someone's being diagnosed with a terminal illness ha 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 it's yeah, not that yeah. it's a yeah. recognition of bad things happen to people yeah. every day yeah life is absurd mm. things that you can't <laughs> explain happen people get sick accidents happen, happen. Yeah, yeah things are just you know it's a random yeah and rolling it's one, around. one in 14 billion chance of being here yeah like, exactly yeah. yeah so so i think irish people are quite good at understanding the uncertainty or the madness of what yeah, the fuck yeah. is going on yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, why, are we, why are those four sitting here yeah, doing a fucking yeah, podcast yeah. Like. yeah exactly and if you can't have a certain I mean it's mad to think like you know this is getting very philosophical, no, philosophical no, we love it we but love we're, it you know we're all, we all know that we're born we're born we're born dying yeah yeah right? yeah, yeah, yeah. So that in itself is mental. Yeah. Right. Fuck. I never even thought about it like that. So I'm not saying. I'm not saying. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not saying everything's a jolly up and we should laugh at everything. But yeah. there's a certain. There's a certain idea of. You know, do you ever, ever, I don't know, do you ever go through a fucking awful breakup or just be on the verge of going? Everything is going shy and you find yourself breaking your bollocks laughing. laughing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And you're going, this is ridiculous. So, yeah, you know. Yeah. And the thing about it is, unfortunately, some people. Uh, or whatever way, or whatever way their brain is wired can't escape past yeah, that yeah, but yeah. I found myself anyway going yeah. you know I have to laugh yeah. you know yeah. I have to laugh big <laughs> yeah. shit show but yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. yeah 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 and you yeah. try and find a way a way but that over. is the kind of humour as well because I know in my friend group like I t- and I it's uh, sometimes like I kind of got into a certain friend group later on in my life where all these lads were friends as kind of teenagers you know what I mean and I knew them of the area, but I didn't hang around with them or whatever. Mm. And when I became that friend into that group, like the the way they used to slag each other and just laugh it off. Yeah. Whereas a certain other group that I'd be friends with, we, when we slagged each other, we kind of felt like we were having Ooh, like, like yeah. don't fucking say that. Like you yeah, know what yeah, I mean. Yeah, yeah. Whereas those these other lads just like fucking. A term of endearment yeah, or something yeah. Like that, like, but yeah. like these lads just and like because I remember some, someone passing away and the boys just ripping it out and my mate was like. You know, if, I, if I didn't get the lads giving me stick and laughing about it, I'd be thinking about it yeah. and be crying. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So There's I different ways of dealing yeah. with it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But that's what I'm interested in. I'm interested in, you know, in mm. in in men that are in and around our age and the 
the evolution of that. Yeah. The evolution of the male WhatsApp group. Do you know what I mean? It, re- wow. it retains all yeah. its immaturity I, and stupidness, yeah. but there's also, certainly in my ones anyway, there's also an extra layer of, you can say when you're having a bad time. Yeah, of oh, course. Yeah. You can, you can oh, check yeah. in on each other. Yeah, yeah. Do you know, yeah, things that yeah. were maybe you don't speak about are a thing of the past. Yeah, you know, yes. that it's, And that's what I try and do in my writing. It's like, like this is buried underneath the character and the story and all mm-hmm. that but there's a certain element of um, I think your my job as a writer is to go all the things that you think people don't talk about I'm going to show on screen oh, to yeah, let yeah, you know yeah. that everyone is the same yeah 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 yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Very yeah actually, yeah. especially yeah. great now with November being predominantly yeah yeah. Yeah, now, yeah, like, yeah. There, yeah there was one or two questions I had and the first one very very quick question is the TV show, is that also set in and around Granton Bridge and Cable Street and Ormond Quay? Yeah, so uh, the that was really important to me that we got my character Lloyd's flat that he's in mm-hmm. on that quay. And we nearly had the exact building I lived in for right, five years, yeah. but we couldn't get that. But we got about four doors down and there's a, I can't think of the name now, there's a tattoo parlor. Right. So it's above that and we made it, they renovated it into uh, an apartment just for the shoe. Like right. it, so, it's not actually an apartment. Right in real on life. the key. Uh, I I know the tattoo. I used to live on Cable Street, just in from the river, oh, oh, yeah. opposite Panty Bar, essentially. Yeah. So if you're walking down Cable Street towards the river, yeah. it's just a left, and it's about three or four doors. Yeah, down. I know yeah. the one. My missus gets tattooed there. I think. Yeah. Uh, so we use there, and uh, so what's great about that is when you're looking out, the, when you the camera is out the window of that flat. Or even when the scene is happening in the flat, you can see the river. You yeah, can see the bridge. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. right there. Yeah. yeah. And uh, you can see the buses go past. Right. Yeah, Do you know, yeah, so yeah. it's just an extra little layer of reality as opposed to it being in a, a set somewhere, a stage yeah, somewhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Um, so, yeah, a lot of the action happens in and around there. Obviously, mm-hmm. it goes out and abroad and like there's... Uh, the, For the flashbacks. The, there's stuff, flashbacks yeah. are all over the place. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But that initial weekend, yeah, it's the flat and they're walking around the different pubs and there's... um, It's so funny, there was... a. Uh, a greasy spoon I used to go to called Brendan's Cafe, right, which is around on Mary's place. So we used that in it. And I, 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 we got the guy to let us use the real cafe. And we have a really good actor. You, you can know him from Love Hate. He was, um, and loads of other things. Jimmy Smallhorn is his name. He was the guy, uh, he was getting Love Hate. Remember the oh, Rafa? Oh, yeah, got yeah, murdered, yeah, yeah, right? yeah. Oh, I know him. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he showed up and they had the costume for him as Brendan. And he looks exactly like the Brendan. The Brendan, the real Brendan, was wearing, <laughs> was wearing what he was. The costume department basically had. It was so funny. And uh, so no need to change. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. In and around there. Yeah. So a lot of it, a lot of it is. Yeah. Yeah. And it shows. Is, yeah. I wanted it to be authentic and feel like the middle of Dublin. Brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Because the show is doing something as well, which is interesting. I think is that you know the, the cliche is Dublin becomes a character in it that's what mm. kind of marketing speak yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it does because there's a thing that happens where the streets that you're familiar with mm-hmm. that these characters walk every day that they work in that they live in when something happens that's not so nice all of a sudden how does your perspective of that change mm-hmm. yeah. when your your city goes from being the place where you have your mates and good crack and the bars you go to and the clubs mm-hmm. you go to whatever and all of a sudden you feel isolated from it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When the River Liffey becomes this monster that you have to walk past yeah. every day because yeah, of something yeah. that's happened. Right, yeah. yeah you're true. like, how does that make you feel? You sort of, all of a sudden, a place yeah. you were safe in is no longer safe. safe yeah. yeah. And it's how to depict that and, you know. Yeah. Brilliant. No, I do love seeing Dublin on, on screen. Um, I, the other question I had was, so the pieces were, or the episodes were directed not by yourself, by different directors, am I right? Yes. Or, yeah. So, 
from my experience in production in mainly commercials, we've done a bit of drama and stuff like that as well. But it's usually, say, Derm uh, directed and wrote his film. So he kind of, once production was done, he stuck at it with the edit with the color grade with everything else like that so did you get did you have much did you lay any of that out in your treatment was that stuff that you kind of had any sort of feelings towards or engagement Uh, with not really no Mm. um so we had three different directors we had a kind of a main director tom hall Mm -hmm. um something he would have done that people might know would be modern modern love yeah. episodes of that yeah, yeah. Uh, then we had Ruth Meehan she did a really brilliant film which was about grief called The Bright Side mm-hmm. and then we had uh, she directed one episode and then a guy directed two episodes called Anthony Shatterman who's kind of this emerging up and coming kind of rock star filmmaker yeah. in Belgium Belgian okay. guy yeah yeah and um, so uh, so no what happened was they all used their talent and their interpretation and their thing mm-hmm. to do what they wanted to do with their episodes uh, and the editor, brilliant editor in Belgium, and they would all go over, obviously. And then what would happen was, um, I'd get sent rough cuts, okay, yeah, to yeah, have yeah, a look yeah. at, yeah. as all the team would, yeah, yeah, um, like the producers and different people. Uh, if I had any sort of opinion, I could throw it in, mm-hmm. but I didn't have, I didn't have much to be honest, yeah. because yeah, yeah, there comes a point where you have to go. Uh, I'm leaving this to the people who know what they're doing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like I it's can write the script and I can do the best I can yeah. acting the role. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to editing or directing TV, I have no experience in it whatsoever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you have um, to leave it up to the ones up that. To the people who, yeah. Well, it's yeah. a collaborative. It's collaborative process, and, 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 and their level of expertise on these things is greater than mine. There might be a certain thing I go. Was there? Was there a, a take where that was funny or? Yeah, I, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I'm not watching all the takes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, could, yeah. I, I, that's a bad example. I don't know exactly. I might have one or two tiny things. Yeah, but yeah. in a way, I sort of wanted to go. I leave it to your talent and knowledge yeah Yeah, in your capable hands go and do it you'll make it far better than Than if I I was sitting there (laughs) yeah yeah in the same way that I I, you know I don't want my director telling me how to say the lines yeah yeah, you know you don't I'm not going to tell you know because I was listening to conversations the director was having with the DOP and they were coming up with stuff that I never would have thought of and they were really creative ways because we had we had a lot of scenes early on which were just two people in an apartment talking uh, for a little bit longer than you normally see on telly mm-hmm. and it was like for them it was a challenge of finding it make, make it look and feel interesting exactly and, make it dynamic yeah, never yeah. feel like it's a play yeah, or anything on, yeah, on yeah. screen which it doesn't yeah, yeah. but it retains that little heart of mm. of a play because I, I like that when I watch telly I'm a big fan of like Shane Meadows let's say mm-hmm. oh brilliant yeah. you watch his shows he doesn't give a bollocks if a scene is 25 minutes long with two people talking yeah, yeah. he'll just let it play out yeah yeah, yeah. No, that's actually a funny joke the director said to me he goes uh, I said it to him early on before we even filmed we were kind of doing a recce of the area mm-hmm. of different locations and we were chatting about the characters and different things and I said that and I said look yeah, Shane Meadows has a 20 minute scene he'll do it and he, the director turned to me and he went like a kind of pat on the shoulder he went he's also got Stephen Graham and yeah, 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 yeah. On top of his game, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got you. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> but the thing about Tom was the director. You know, he's a pal of mine from before, uh, but we'd never worked together. He was actually chuffed with how the longer apartment scenes turned out because mm-hmm. he was sort of like we had no right to make them as good as they ended up being. Yeah, yeah he yeah. was very fearful of them. Yeah, yeah. But he had directed an episode of Modern Love 
where it was basically two people in an apartment. A, a date where the guy, they go back to his apartment and he ends up getting kind of, sl- his arm gets sliced. And, yeah, but, yeah. So he was like, he goes, I have a few ways I think I can I can do it to make it interesting. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and it ended up it ended up working. So we, yeah, everyone yeah, was happy. Yeah, yeah. amazing. Yeah. amazing. I, yeah, I just thought it would be interesting kind of from my perspective. I don't know for other people just understanding the role relationships between actor director writer and how that kind of played out but yeah no yeah very you, cool. i mean you do a lot of talking beforehand and i think that you're you're trusting that you know you put a lot of detail into the script and you hope yeah. that it's going to come out but then you're also going i hope that you have really good ideas that yeah are yeah. Enhance this. yeah well yeah it's a fluid thing yeah. right? and i know even sure probably shot from shot scene from scene day from day on it's a fluid process and things are going to change as they happen but it's going to stay within the same yeah. you know the confines of what it is you're envisioning anyways so. yeah and you know yeah. you've done a, you've done so much work on it to that point that you actually just you want to be you just want to be the actor yeah yeah yeah, course, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, was that you know? tough to to switch off from yeah, the other there was no there was yeah there was times where it was because they went they might go you know because you make cuts along the way yeah or, of course or, yeah. Or, and you might be there and a director might go yeah we don't we don't really need that because I'm going to shoot it this way. And an actor, I've done it as an actor as well. Yeah. An actor goes, I don't really need to say those three lines. I can sort of do yeah, that yeah. with a look. Well, yeah. You know, and that make, makes sense. Yeah, so yeah. There, was, there was one or two moments where it was like, we're looking at the rough cuts because they're se- they're sending it straight away. Yeah, and they're yeah. kind of piecing rough cuts together as you're filming. Mm-hmm. And they're going, we're going to be a few minutes short here. Yeah. So they might go, Stephen, look, we, need, we might need a two minute scene for this period. What can yeah, we do? Yeah. So I might finish a day and then be up at midnight. Right getting a scene ready to yeah, do yeah, film yeah. tomorrow the next day yeah, yeah. Yeah. didn't happen too many times but once or twice it did yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so that was a little bit tricky but then yeah. other times uh, no I was just trying to concentrate because I mean I'd had a, a big role on TV on Red Rock but that was a, a kind of a, a long running series yeah, and because yeah. I played a bad guy I was only might only be in once or twice a week not like yeah. the cops who were getting sort of every day yeah, filming yeah, yeah. so it wasn't the same thing whereas this I was nearly on every day for 10 weeks yeah and I was like, it's that thing of, uh, you know, you spend your whole life going, watching fucking lads getting lead roles on TV shows going, I could do that. I, <laughs> yeah, should, I yeah. should be doing that. Yeah, and then yeah. you finally get a chance to do it and you go, oh, bollocks, I have to prove it now. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So I was more concerned with just making sure I was making sure I doing your, I was yeah, on it, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. and no, trying, cool. trying to do it. And I had very good actors around me. So you're also in a healthy way. Yeah. You're going, I can't let, I can't, I have to be, I have to lead the show. I have yeah, to be as good as they are. Yeah, 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 like, yeah. You know. And would there ever be a pro, like a consideration for the future that you would jump on and direct maybe an episode, let's say hypothetically, if it comes along for like season two, would that be something that would interest you? It would it would interest me. Maybe not for uh, for this series. Mm, yeah, but definitely down the road. Because again, like a sponge, I went to set on the few days that I wasn't. And it was good to have the writer there for people sure. as well. Like, you know, if they wanted to make a change or they, mm-hmm. it wasn't just a cut, it was a line change or there might be something mm-hmm. I, I, I'd i be around. But I was also there to kind of watch other other things happen. Yeah. Um, and learn. So, so I don't know. I mean, I've, um, I sort of in a way want to go the traditional route. I'd love to make a short first. Yeah. And see if I have, mm-hmm. see what my, See what I come up with. Yeah. You know? Test yourself. Dip your toes into yeah, it. And yeah, and see. And then I was talking to a, a, a production company who were like, they were like, no, fuck that. You know, we'd we'd have you, we'd have you, why don't you write and direct a feature for us? And these are, this is a company you get feature <laughs> films made. Yeah. yeah. And I was going, well, all right, you know, well, here's my ideas. And they were going, yeah, we love that idea. I'm like, all right, you know, so <laughs> yeah. that's a conversation for next year. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think it will happen at some point, but I think um, I'm at that stage where I genuinely, 
like with with the putting on a play, sometimes I might need a, a kick to do it. To do it, yeah. But, but there's a part of me also that uh, I want to make sure that I'm not just doing it because that's what you do. I want to make sure I know uh, or have an idea what my vision for something would be gotcha. and feel like that I'm, yeah. it's at the right time to do it. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, but yeah, I think, that, I think that will happen. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then I'll also I think I'll, I'm probably getting better at being objective as to where my skill, where my skills are. Right. If I made something that I didn't think was good, I wouldn't be trying to sell it as, I think this is the best thing since sliced bread. I'm the new Paul Thomas Anderson. <laughs> yeah. You, know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> you don't understand my vision. That's all. <laughs> uh, so we'll see. And I want to do something. But it's actually my nephew is seven. His name is Bobby. And what happened was I said, there was a couple of kid roles in the original first series and the original scripts anyway. And I said, my nephew should, could surely do that. It's a little kid in the library with one line. Yeah. And they went, yeah, great. But the casting director <laughs> had seen pictures of him on my Instagram or something. And he's a cute kid. Yeah. And they were like, look, we know he's probably a bit young because he probably would have been five at this time right. when we, the auditions were happening. Do you think we could put him on tape for the bigger kid role, which has lines and proper scenes? Right. And I went, yeah, and asked his mum and dad. They said, yeah, no problem. <laughs> so he obviously couldn't learn the lines. So mm. I just talk through the scene. I'm going to ask you this and la la la. You're talking to your uncle, but I'm not Stay. I'm Sean <laughs> and you're not Bobby or Harry. La 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 la. And what I did was I had him, his self tape was like, it's one of the best self tapes I've ever seen. <laughs> so what I did was I got him to be, dis- you knew what I was going to ask him and what his response were going to be. Yeah. And I just got him drawn so that he was distracted because yeah. I had the camera on him. Mm. Right. And then I did, and the takes were unbelievable. And he got offered the part. Oh, really? Yeah. Right. Yeah. But the thing was, we had a very big actor called Susan Lynch. She was in Killing Eve and loads of things. Mm. She she had a, a small but important part in it. And she plays one of the main characters' mothers. And she could only film for a certain period of time. And he, she was involved in those scenes where right. the kid's involved. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the thing was, she had to film on this week. Yeah. And that was the week that my brother and his partner and Bobby were going on holidays. Ah. <laughs> so he said, don't even tell him, don't even tell him. Yeah, yeah, But yeah. he definitely has a creative side as well. Lovely, so yeah. there's something I wanted, I have a short film yeah, yeah. about a dad and a kid. Right, yeah, yeah. That I would like to do with him at some point. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's amazing I mean? he has so an good. uncle to help nurture that, you yeah, know, you course, need. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Whatever, whatever, like I mean, and his mom and dad are very good. My mom and dad are very good with, with mm. that side of thing. you know what I mean? Just... Um, whatever you want to do he plays he's with Thomas Davis playing a bit of ga but mm. you know he loves dancing and singing and drawing yeah, and yeah, art yeah, but yeah. I think whatever it is I think that it's, that's what's very important for kids yeah is, yeah. is some sort of outlet outlet yeah, yeah. oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Big, you know time. I mean? yeah. big time yeah. yeah and just to ask so you've kind of you've Northern Lights coming out you've done the kind of six hours TV show main actor and you've done plays what, what's your preference so it's so now different. Now that you've done both, it's yeah, so that's because I yeah. could imagine them both being so different. Yeah, I mean, I tell you, like, I mean, uh, <laughs> your your bank account says just do TV and film from now on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, because I went back. It's so funny. I have to remember that I I did my first play in November. God, it might be nearly uh, probably around this time. Yeah, November two thousand and four. Right, and since then, for amateur or college then kind of semi-professional to professional before COVID the longest that I had gone without doing a play without being on a stage somewhere in the Ireland or UK, in Ireland or UK was probably about two months wow. Wow. Mm. and I just did a play in the Civic for the Dublin Theatre Festival there a few weeks ago finished up and that had been the longest gap since I'd been on stage since I started acting yeah. it had been two years and it was great to go back to it but I went 
fuck me, I'm exhausted. Yeah. <laughs> this is a lot of work. Yeah. When you compare the financial rewards yeah, yeah. for writing an episode of a television show yeah. compared to it. But I do love it, the immediacy of it, the physicality, yeah. the mm. different vocal range. Mm. Uh, and that's the other thing. You do a show, you're getting that instant gratification from an audience yeah. right yeah. there and then. I, you know, we made this TV show over a year ago. People yeah. are only going to get to see it next yeah. week, you know, yeah, for the first yeah. time. So it's a very different thing. Um, like, I remember doing an interview... I was flogging a play that I was doing in the Abbey and it was a kind of a lifestyle thing and then they plugged the play at the end but right. you, you do it because you do it, you know. <laughs> and one of the things was uh, about acting, like who would you, who are your inspirations or who would you like to have a career like or something, you yeah. know. You're going, oh. But I went, try and keep it Irish. Now my favourite actor of all time is Philip Seymour Hoffman. Oh yes. Nice. Right. Because he was a guy that like me, starting in the theatre, mm. didn't look like a movie star you know, it was an inspiration because his talent was so good, good yeah, that it, be, yeah. it, it was undeniable that he became a leading man. Yeah. yeah of Not because he looked like one, yeah, but because yeah, he just yeah. was one. Yeah. yeah you know, yeah, and so yeah, yeah. all the fucking ugly blokes go, yes, <laughs> we got a chance. <laughs> he is the Messiah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you know, little fat lads have a chance. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but in Ireland, I said at the time, this before, he, he, well, he was big then, but he's blown up even so much more now, and um, was Killian Murphy. Because right. mm. uh, yeah. Killian could do It was left alone No one gave a bollocks Who his wife or his kids are mm. No one cares about His personal life yeah. yeah, He can walk around Dublin Or Cork or wherever he is And no one cares A little bit less so now Because yeah. because Peaky Blinders yeah. But yeah. in or general Or Oppenheimer Or Oppenheimer yeah. yeah But you can sort of yeah. I've seen him a million times yeah. And no one will bat an eyelid And yeah. I think Irish people Are quite good at that anyway Yeah, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but Killian would do TV Movies Supporting roles Lead roles Goodies Baddies Whatever you want to say Uh <laughs> And then he'd go back to theatre whenever he wanted. Do right. a lot of work with Ender Walsh. And, you know, mm-hmm. so uh, when he fancied doing a play, he'd go and do a play. Yeah. So I'd love to be in a position where I'm financially secure and doing interesting work on TV and film. Of course, yeah. And I'd be able I, to just I don't need any, any fame or any of that bullshit. Yeah. Yeah, you know yeah, what yeah. I mean? It's not about that. It's about being uh, satisfied, but also, be, you know, having a good living course, from it. Of course, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But also, you know, if I want to go and do a play in front of a thousand people or in front of... 50 people yeah I can do that too yeah. so I'd love that I'd love that balance yeah. you know yeah. what I mean I'd love to be able to do that but the thing about it was is that you know even before Northern Lights came along uh, the television show version of it that, it'd been 9 or 10 years of you know making a, 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 a decent enough living where I I could live and go on holiday and yeah. eat, eat in whatever restaurant I wanted and, and have a mm-hmm. good time and go for drinks with my mates and all that and uh, as a as a theatre actor and a voiceover yeah. actor mm-hmm. and all that, uh, and I realised with COVID losing a few jobs and stuff like that, I went actually. I think we all kind of reassessed a little bit, and I went, "What part of my career makes me happy?" Mm-hmm. Do you know? And it was just a satisfaction a lot of it of doing my own work, yeah. and there was a satisfaction in being like. Uh, success to me was making a living doing yeah. what I loved. Yeah. yeah. Regardless yeah. of where I was on the ladder, yeah, you know? yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, it's stable. a very healthy way to look at it as well. I it think. Is, yeah. I, I, I've said it to any other actors we've had, and obviously I have a couple of friends who are actors and and family who are actors and stuff like that. And it's something that I don't think I could do if if, if even if I had the talent because I think it can be so tough. Yeah, uh, yeah. But it's it's a testament to everyone that I know and yourself and everyone's character that you can stick at it and it's about doing what you love and just doing it. Yeah, I think I, 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 I sort of had a period of time where I think 
I were I. I worried about it in the sense of like, if I have ever asked advice for younger actors and I, I've been asked a few times with drama schools and stuff like that, is like, as much as possible, you have to avoid looking over the fence to what the other person's doing. Yeah. There's yeah. always yeah. someone prettier than you, more yeah. handsome than you, richer <laughs> than you, mm-hmm. more talented than you, mm-hmm. more successful. <clears throat> you know, even for, even with you guys, you're doing a podcast, there's going to be podcasts that are similar. Yeah, there's going yeah. to be three blokes in a room doing a podcast that are just talking to exactly, interesting yeah. people or yeah. people they find yeah, interesting yeah. and there's going to be people that have more Spotify listens than you yeah, guys have yeah, yeah. you yeah. don't worry about that No, you just no. do your thing no, we just stay in our lane you stay in your lane and you know, just yeah. keep doing it and I think that's what it was I, I realised as well that there was a period of time where um, other people's perception of me where I how how successful or whatever or how much credibility I had within this small little industry that that affected me. Mm-hmm. That mattered to me yeah. more than where, what I felt. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Uh, so I, I had to go back to how I felt when I was only starting out. Right. When I was doing a play in a tiny little theatre that no one really cared about, that might have been getting shit reviews, yeah. but that to me was, I was fucking Lawrence Olivier. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? That was the, yeah, <laughs> yeah whatever yeah. you were doing that moment, mm. that is like, I, I genuinely, even though I loved it, I felt really happy and satisfied when I was on set watching a hundred people cast and crew working on something I'd written yeah. that was amazing yeah. Yeah. you know and for good financial rewards that mm-hmm. was great but it, it it wasn't any happier than when I was really happy doing me play in front of 40 people in a, in a yeah. theatre above a pub yeah, yeah of course. do you know so that's something I, I really learned was that uh, uh, where where you go in terms of other people's uh, what they deem as success well it's never going to it's yeah. it's what you think is successful. Yeah, yeah. And I I do I agree with that because I have been kind of having those thoughts in my head about this podcast because, well, for me, I never looked at it to become famous or like rich or obviously if all that came along, fucking great. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? But I only thought about it the other day, and it's even now just speaking to yourself, actually talking to people that are doing something real, like you said, talking to interesting people, but now being able to sit here and listen to these people and have a chat. And a conversation with them is actually a bit feels like it's a bit worth more than if I was to be famous. Oh, an extra or, few thousand listeners or yeah, whatever. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. You get me like I don't look at the success like I am obsessed with numbers, like in a sense of I want to be looking like growth and stuff. Mm. And which is what we're doing. But I'm not worried about how quick it goes or how yeah. slow it goes. Yeah, and there's nothing there's nothing wrong with that as well. Yeah. Like ambition is not a bad thing. No, yeah. no it's, it's a very healthy thing. Yeah. yeah. But it's about it's like for me it's about whether it's are you is, is it something that you use as a as a positive driver? Yeah. Or yeah, exactly. Or it's or eating away at you. Away yeah, at you. Yeah, so yeah, when yeah. you fail, you fail worse. Yeah. Or yeah. even in your in your in your goal to get <laughs> it. Let's say you looked at numbers and you could look at it in a positive way and go right. What are we doing right and how are we going to keep going on that? Or, or what are we doing wrong that we're going to improve on to help build this? Yeah. And you go towards it in a positive way and there's satisfaction mm-hmm. from that. The other thing is going that if it eats away at you in a negative way, what will happen is even if you get to a better place, you, you've done it to sort of go fuck you to people who aren't even out there going. Yeah, So all of a sudden you end up at a live show on Vicar, in Vicar Street and you're fucking miserable. Yeah, yeah, I'm doing yeah. this. I, why am I even doing this? Yeah, yeah. Who am I pleasing here? Who are you, who are you trying to satisfy? Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. and if it's not yourself, then there's then something wrong. Yeah. It's not but that doesn't mean that, listen, fucking we want to grow this show. Mm-hmm. How are we going to yeah. go about doing it? But yeah. you're doing it from a place of, 
it's because I love it. Yeah. 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 You know? Well, I think for, for us and speaking for the lads, I think it's about getting interesting stories and from individuals like yourself who have done something interesting or who have a story to tell and kind of letting people listen yeah. to it mm. and kind of take something away from it. That's kind of what it's all about. Really. Yeah. 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 And there's something I, I learned as well uh, from acting uh, in the theatre, which I think is applicable to what we're talking about now in any form, any medium is that uh, I remember one time uh, being really down or kind of arsy, annoyed about the fact that we were in a venue and there there was a low ticket sales. Mm -hmm. And an older actor said to me, he got this advice from another actor. (laughs) And actually the fellow who said it originally is in... Northern Lights oh, really yeah. good actor Don <laughs> nice. Witcherly he uh, Witcherly. he was Father Cyril Macduff in Father oh, Ted yeah. he's in Bachelor's oh, Walk oh and, yeah 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 yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> we're yeah, yeah. talking about fucking yeah. Father Ted there a few going weeks back ago. and uh, but he had said to this other young actor who then had said it to me he was like ah, look you know you, I mean yeah sometimes it's disappointing you show up to a venue and there's 300 seats but there's 20 people there yeah yeah grand but you know once you start you know but he said look something you have to remember and this I was very young at the time and it stuck with me and I have this attitude no matter how many people I play in front of he goes you have to remember what we're doing and why we're doing it and to remember whether it's 200 people 2,000 200,000 or two there'll be one person in the audience who needs this show tonight who really needs it and that's the thing you could be doing a podcast and I don't know what your numbers are like but there could be 10 people listening to this episode right someone in there is going for this hour and a half I I needed this whether they know it or not yeah 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 you don't know what's going on when people come to the arts or they listen to a podcast it's a form of escapism yeah yeah and it's people are drawn to it because for that walk that they go on to listen to a podcast or that bus journey home yeah or whatever it is, you know, it's it, it it's it's vital to them. Mm. Yeah. And it's really, really, it's really important. And I went, oh, that that changed my outlook on, mm-hmm. you know, uh, eternally as, as an actor, theatre actor. Again, if it's a full house, great. Great, yeah. If it's four people on a wet Tuesday yeah. in the upstairs of the Civic, I don't, if they want the show, if they're they happy the to show. go ahead, they'll get it. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, they, get the, they get the exact same show. And in a exactly, way, yeah. I remember I went through a breakup after a long relationship yeah. and I was down doing a one-man show in, in Burr in Offaly. <laughs> and they were kind of, I was on a guarantee, so they had to pay me no matter who showed up, yeah, this yeah. certain amount. And they were going, ah, look, there's only going to be 12 people. Do you want to do it? In a massive hall. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And I went, oh yeah, I'm doing it because I wanted to get me guarantee money. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I got, I'll do I, two of them. <laughs> my, yeah, my head was all over the shop and I remember that. And that was one of the best shows that I had done. Yeah, yeah. Because everyone stayed for the second half mm-hmm. and we they all stayed afterwards to have a chat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They didn't care that the place wasn't full. Yeah. They were engaged with me and the yeah, story yeah. I was telling. Yeah. And, I, and as much as someone in the audience might have needed that, I, I needed it too yeah, at yeah, that particular yeah. time and yeah, I went yeah. do you know what there's a there's a there's a connection and all whether it's a podcast through a, through your headphones yeah. whether it's a live theatre whether it's TV everything that people do of, of, a, of a nature which is communication are just making connections with people mm-hmm. and I think there's something of value in that definitely yeah, there definitely yeah. is you know yeah. uh, that's beyond just yeah. financial yeah. means it's or all, it's always whatever. the yeah. random people that you kind of meet on say nights out or on holidays or whatever that are really 
fucking interesting people you know yeah, just yeah. it's just that that newness is just unbelievable because you have everything to talk about with them you <laughs> yeah. don't know each other yeah. so you get to tell them absolutely everything and they tell you back and you just have a great time like you know what i mean mm-hmm. yeah. it's great i love that because yeah. my girlfriend would always give out to me that i make friends on holidays way too easy like <laughs> or i go down to the pub and drink by myself like and because and then he'd find the friend, and then I, I'll be ringing, I'll be ringing my missus saying, "Oh, I'm on, on the way home, seven in the morning." She's like, "How did you end up there till seven in the morning?" Like, I met this bloke from England, yeah, yeah, yeah and he yeah. was this, and he's that, and I was fucking end up going back to his apartment, and you know, it was those fucking stories. Yeah, there's literally gas. a story like that when we went to an album launch at Queens of Stone. I was there during the summer. We went there for a uh, like a drink afterwards, and we were sitting in this pub in like the middle of town. He went missing for like 25 minutes. I, I was sitting on my own. I was like, where is that fucking Egypt? And I walk up, so he's chatting to like a bunch of lads. They're like, Rob, these are in a band. These are all doing And I'm I was like, like, I was telling my friends in a band. Yeah, that's him. This is the guy who's in a band. He was pointing at me and I was like, oh, for fuck's sake. He's just because he doesn't drink. He walks in sober. He's like, Alright. Yeah, yeah. I've been on this I'm um, a year after Bill's nice. Yeah. It was only a challenge, it wasn't because I had a problem right like that, but mm-hmm. I turned thirty eight on the fifth of November and I was away and that was a, exactly a year. So uh and my missus is French, so she's always like delicious wine if we yeah. go to France and all this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I might, I was saying, but I was saying, I put a post up on Instagram saying, year off the booze, and I only did it because I, I did it at the start of us uh, because I was climbing Kilimanjaro, so I wanted to be off the booze for a few months training. Oh, so I did that and I came back and said, actually, I, I gave up my birthday last year. Why not do a birthday to birthday? Do a year. I yeah. didn't drink that much anyway, but the thing I found is that I haven't missed it one bit. That's the thing, yeah. though. Mm-hmm. It's like, I'm the same. Yeah, like sure, like, it's it's an easy thing to give up, really. Like for myself, I wasn't really a like a big time drinker, around like that. But mm. I found out over lockdown it was kind of maybe adding up a little bit yeah. after the evenings and stuff yeah. like that, finishing work. And then I was just like, no, you know, fuck this. I'm yeah. just gonna see how long it kind of go. Get yeah. into running, do something else. And yeah, you know what? I don't miss it. Yeah, do I don't miss it at all. No, I think I will. I don't think I'll be teetotal for life. I think I'll yeah. have the odd glass of wine, if uh, especially if I'm in France with her family. But oh, there you go, yeah. but yeah. like even like the quality of like Guinness Zero and stuff. You don't feel like you're sitting in the pub with a, no. a black yeah, currant yeah, on your, yeah, yeah. in your corner with your fizzy orange yeah, in your yeah, exactly. <laughs> Everyone calling you a weirdo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah. So, uh, it's, so, yeah, that's just funny that you mentioned that, yeah. yeah. I have know a lot of people who are in, who've in a similar boat. You know, it seems in, like everyone it's, is, It is quite strange because I'd say most of the guests we've had in the, the last least. couple of weeks have... Given up on a lot of them have been on the same buzz and it's usually the same sort of story yeah. of just, you know... Just not... And I'm the same. Like, say, I'll go to Shells of a Friday... Beforehand, I'll go I grab a pint. You need a drink. You need a drink. I know, I know, I know. But I go, I go beforehand over to Fagan's or Kennedy's for a pint with me dad. Yeah, I drive in, have a zero zero, and it's as it you know does the job. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah, I yeah. found I see again Irishness and alcohol. I never had a, a drinking problem, but I look back at it now and a handful of stupid situations I've got myself in or things yeah. I've said or. You know, you look back at regrets about things you might have said to a partner at the time in a relationship. Look, the the, the bad elements that a lot of people can say, have to hold your hands up and say, uh, you know, you know, I said that or yeah. I did that yeah, stupid yeah. thing, whatever. There's was a always common booze, denominator. Always booze yeah, involved. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And I, I didn't drink in the first place till I was 22. Oh, so yeah. My dad's an alcoholic who hasn't drank in 26 years mm-hmm. yeah. and then became a, a therapist and counseled a lot of people with addiction issues. Mm-hmm. But, uh, so there was a lot of things going on as I said to me mates went to England and we were always playing football it was different things so my relationship with booze has always been this weird yeah, kind, yeah. Of kind of thing yeah. Mm-hmm. and uh, but yeah I, I've, I think I think a lot of people are coming to the realisation that it the pros 
the cons outweigh the pros yeah, for a lot of people. Yeah, Even yeah. people who don't have big drinking yeah, problems yeah. or aren't binge drinkers. I was yeah, none of yeah. that. Yeah. But I, I, I still, if I weighed it up over the course of my life, the crack versus things I go, oh God, or yeah. the hangovers. Yeah. Does it just, they they no just start getting harder and harder. Like a year off the booze, the thoughts of having a hangover. <laughs> yeah. Like, like, no, the, yeah. The thoughts of waking up if I've gone to bed after midnight these days. <laughs> yeah. 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 Look, I, I'm the same. So I, I'd usually go a month, two, three, then I might have a beer first. Whatever it is, but okay, yeah, it's so hard to let go. It, even that <laughs> one is usually grim. Do you know what is actually making me because, like, make me think of it maybe a little bit more lately? I'm seeing loads of things like for like on Instagram for like you know, Christmas is coming up, these are the best pubs to kind of go to, yeah, like, you top know, 10 these pubs are Christmas. Do you know what yeah. came up actually? Because when Limo used to live in town, I used to go in McNeil's, you know, McNeil's, and they have an open fire in there as well. And I remember me and you would just sit there having again a sh- shooting the shit, like, or whatever. And I seen that come up as like number one. I was like, yeah, I'd love to go into McNeil's. Oh, yeah. McNeil's I just have it like as little zero by the fire again. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? yeah like, that's yeah. funny. One of the, the opening, one of the opening scenes in Northern Lights is in McNeil's. Oh, there wow. you go. I was, I see, I knew, I, I knew yeah. that I'd watch it and see lots of little spaces <laughs> yeah. that I was used to. I went past that building. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. There's I'm a lot of that. Yeah, yeah. Him, him and Karen yeah. would be watching, like, oh, there's the door we used to walk in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I love it in there actually. Yeah, and the funny thing was, I was. I was I was writing in there one day, very close to filming, kind of last little updates of the production draft. Mm-hmm. And I went in there during the day, and I had a cup of tea and a toasty, and there was barely anyone in there. You know, the the the, the lads at the at the bar chatting away, and uh, I was just dickying up a scene, which is uh, a sad scene in the church, right? <laughs> which gives it away. But uh, I was thinking of the song uh, that was going to be used, and so the song that one of the characters sings at this funeral is the night visiting song and doesn't Luke Kelly come on as I was writing it oh, really? and it was just one of those moments oh, incredible. Yeah. you know when I, when I look, I'm an agnostic atheist I guess <laughs> but it was one of those moments where just the universe was like if I wanted to believe it it was giving me a sign yeah, yeah. that was it, it. Yeah, yeah. you know and it ended up being the place that we, we shot a scene and it was just lovely little things yeah, like yeah. that you know That's what I mean amazing. but um, I do think the world ha- like without being spiritual or anything I think the world can do that for you as well like these small coincidences you know what I mean I had a lot of that when yeah. I was writing this Of I, I write a lot to music now I'd listen to the same three songs <laughs> over and over and mm-hmm. over and over and over no problem what are they it depends on the situation. Do you know what I mean? It really does, well, and it can be as random. It could be, it could be a Luke Kelly song, it could be right. a Damien Dempsey song, and then it could be an Alison Chain song. Right. Like it could yeah, be yeah, yeah. broad, like whatever yeah. it is. If something hits me, that's what I love about. I think all different artists love artists of other disciplines because they're doing something I can't do. Yeah, it takes yeah. me six hours of TV to say what a band can say in, in three minutes. minutes. Yeah. Do you know yeah, what I yeah, mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, uh, but yeah, that happened a lot. I'd walk into places and, and a song that I'd. I'd been writing to or had used as a reference in a script. Was playing. Was playing in a cafe or was yeah. playing, you know what I mean? And yeah, yeah. Just these little things. <laughs> it's nice. Yeah. Like that. <laughs> I mean, I I was walking through Dublin A up down the South Circular Road and there was a scene that I had just written hours before uh, where there's this cathartic moment for a character and a little kid has sent a load of bubbles up to the sky mm. and she's just watching them. And I was I was just thinking of it, and as I did, out of back garden, kids' oh, laughter, a lot of bubbles came up over no the thing. Way. All these little weird moments, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or like I had, a, I, I was driving with my dad to Dundrum on the M50, and I was chatting away to him about uh, about a scene, and I was going, I don't know whether to play it safe or go really out there with this and la la la. And he and next of all, my friend who had directed the original play in Northern Lights, Carl, who had passed away, he, uh, his dad's company van 
Harry Shields drove, sped past us in That's the car. Mental, isn't it? And I went, there's Carl's dad's car. My dad, and again, the, the therapy oh. and all that, he would be a, quite a spiritual. He'd right, believe yeah, in yeah. that sort of thing without being religious. He'd be very much like, well, there you go. There's the song. Yeah. What, what would Carl say? And he'd yeah. go, go as big and as mad as possible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. There you go. Lovely, like loads yeah. of these little things kept happening to me. <laughs> you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 So uh, it's very cool. Like, I, we probably don't have enough time to go into it, but I had actually originally wanted to ask about the Camino and Kilimanjaro and oh, yeah. see it, like, because Camino is obviously something that is usually not always, but often associated with spirituality and the it's a, you know, uh, what's the word? Um, pilgrimage. Yes. Was it a spiritual, were those like Kilimanjaro and were they spiritual for you in, a, in your own way? Yeah, in my own way. Yeah. It, like, I mean, again, uh, for me, like, it, I, you know, came out of, again, end, uh, a long relationship ending. Uh, the Camino anyway and that was something I, I had booked because what my way of dealing with you know the the difficulty of that scenario was okay let's do something that's out of your comfort zone but, but that you've always sort of wanted to do yeah. and that you've, you've you're you're going to do it now and it's a few months away so there's a goal there's something to look forward something to, to there's for, something yeah. to aim for something to distract your mind of course yeah. and then of course by the time you get to it you know time has kind of helped heal yeah, that yeah. kind of that that specific yeah. thing uh, and it, it can be a million different things for a million different people so when I actually went on it I met so many amazing people and I I discovered that was 2018 that the Camino that was kind of like I found myself one day I sort of vlogged it as well I found myself one day just deliriously happy for no reason right, yeah. and I went oh fuck that was a realisation that Every all the happiness in my life, and I was quite generally a positive and happy person. But it was all happiness was sort of off the back of things. It was off the back of career success or yeah. relationship going well, mm -hmm. or so it was off the back of some Rovers winning. Like it was <laughs> off. It was circumstantial. It was yeah. about things. Mm -hmm. I never had a chance in my life. I was always hustle and bustle to go. Yeah. If I just sit, if I'm just walking along a road in Spain on my own, not talking to anybody for hours at a time. Yeah. No, I had loads of this was just one this one particular day. Yeah. Am I happy? With yeah. no reward at the end of it. Mm -hmm. And you know what I mean? So it was a it was that was yeah, something yeah. that helped me to have kind of attitude I have yeah, a little bit yeah. expressed today. Um and so yeah, by the end of it mm -hmm. I was I was kind of buzzing. Yeah, yeah. About it in a different way. Yeah. And there's a spirituality in that, I guess. Yeah, yeah. no, 100%. I, uh, to be honest, I think I'm going to be doing it in the new year, maybe April, May or something. I think yeah, my, yeah. my mom and my dad have done part of it i yeah. think they did the last stretch right and they want to go do a new one so i might either go with them or go do it myself but uh, yeah i loved it now i have to say and I, I recommended it to a really good friend of mine uh she had lost a relative who was really close to her and she was kind of had been had a busy time an actress and um she was up in the air between two different things mm -hmm. one of them was the camino and i said do the camino yeah yeah, yeah. and she hadn't as much time as i had i spent 30 days walking from south of France across Spain mm -hmm. so she did the Portuguese one mm -hmm. which is about two weeks and uh, yeah I think she had an incredible time mm -hmm. it really it really helped yeah. um, because you kind of buy into the philosophy of it yeah, 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 yeah. Of you know, you're there to, with all yeah. these amazing people who are also yeah, yeah. doing it there's loads everyone has a kind of a story it's a shared yeah, experience it's a shared experience yeah, then yeah, and yeah. you can there's no pressure you can walk with people and talk you can have periods of the day where you're walking your own there's no pressure wow. and that that sprung sort of what I have now which is sort of like not a bucket list but an active kind of thing if I want to do something and I have the means and the time do it. I'll do it yeah, which yeah. is why this year I had a little bit more free time after filming at the end of last year 
I want to go and see Boca Juniors. The following <laughs> week, I was on a flight. <laughs> yeah, you know, I want to go and see River Plate and nice, doing it. Yeah. Kilimanjaro was another thing where it was like I've always wanted to do that. Yeah. Ever since I was a kid, I was really interested in maps. I remember having a big map where Kilimanjaro. What's that? Yeah. It's doable. It's not Mount Everest. Uh, I'm gonna go and do that. So I booked that. Even, I booked that pre-COVID, yeah. but then it had to be postponed. Mm. But that was off the back of doing of doing the Camino. It was like right, these things are not these unattainable things that I'll do one day. Yeah, it's like, yeah. you know, book it now if you have the yeah, chance. Yeah. Today, yeah. So Kilimanjaro was incredible as well. Mm. And, you know, it, I remember being at the top of it and there's a part of you going, you're so proud of yourself for doing it. Mm. Not because it's an achievement of walking up a mountain six, seven days. Mm-hmm. It's the fact that sometimes booking it and getting on the plane the for it's these harder things than the actual hard. climb on the fucking yeah. mountain yeah yeah, yeah. Oh, it certainly was for me yeah. I was somebody who was always in Dublin always working always trying to hustle and bustle mm-hmm. and uh, I'd be adventurous uh, one day one yeah, day yeah, one day yeah, one day yeah. one day yeah, yeah. so now you have your day yeah <laughs> so I've done a lot of things well, yeah. like that but, you know yeah. I think that's even applicable to like picking up the pen for the first time and writing something or going out and tr- doing an audition or whatever it's that's often harder than the doing of the thing it's yeah, the, yeah. Yeah, yeah. taking that first step oh so yeah I, I think, mean I don't know I don't know I mean I only met you guys now so uh, I don't know how long you were talking about doing a podcast before you actually did it how about a year it was yeah you it's know? a bit of back and forth because yeah. obviously me and Liam are in a band like and stuff mm. so we had a bit of time off in between yeah. like, what we had la- our last projects and stuff like that and yeah we were kind of kicking it around and then one day I was just like we were having a beer yeah. walking home oh yeah we should definitely start like we're fucking gas. we should start the podcast <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> you know, locked big and yeah. ourselves up yeah 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 right, they then, only roped me in a couple of months ago <laughs> right right you yeah. roped yourself in pal yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no but to, but to do it you know yeah, exactly, to go right where are we going to do this who are we getting the mics off and then you finally do it you know because uh, I know so many people, I've probably been one of them as well. And I have my excuse that I was doing other stuff, but I've had those conversations. Yeah, we should start a podcast. We should do this. We should... And I know loads of people. It might not even be a podcast. It might be just ideas yeah, of yeah. things. Going to rail the world to get out of Yeah, yeah. Do you know, and it's just that actually. Just, we'll go for that coffee said, next week. <laughs> yeah, starting it. Yeah, starting it. Like starting taking is the initiative. the hardest thing to do. Like, do you know what I mean? 100%. To always say it to yourself as well. Like, getting things off the ground, it's always going to be all the procrastinating, everything that's involved in it. You're yeah. in your own head. Yeah. 90%. Well, I am in anyway. <laughs> and then eventually, once you find someone who's a like mind or something like that, and then all of a sudden it's off the ground, then it's its own thing. Yeah, of course. It's, it's, it's gone now. Like, it's. it's now now I'm writing five year plans. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Like, but like it's funny yeah like procrastination you mentioned that word there like I was actually thinking about that today Mm. I was going like how many amazing podcasters musicians artists actors could there have been like whatever yeah like it it doesn't matter it doesn't have to be in even the creative sphere how many people has it stopped yeah being fucking deadly at things that they're actually interested in you know yeah. I think that's something that I've kind of tried to put into play over the last kind of year as well. Like, if I've got the idea for it, I'm just going to do it. Yeah. Like, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, whether well, it be with music or whether it be with, like, the podcast or, like, you know, clothing or whatever, mm-hmm. I'm going to just try it. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? I might as well. I'm I mean, I, 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 I know comedians who are now selling out. I'm thinking of one female comedian in particular who I know who's now, you can't get a ticket for her Yeah, all over the gaff. Yeah. And mm. I remember in, five years ago, 20, yeah, 2018, I was at the Edinburgh Fringe Festival doing a show mm. and I thought we were, we thought we were a Billy Bill Bollocks, we were sold out yeah. in, in the Travers Theatre before yeah. we'd even arrived. And I remember watching all these comedians, mates of mine, and they were outside trying to drag people into their show. Yeah. Do you know? Yeah. And, and she was doing the exact same show. Yeah. So, uh, you know, in something like comedy as well, easily could have been deterred. Yeah. Easily oh, could have been, yeah, fuck yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. Do you know? <laughs> but kept going, like, I mean, I think there's an element of that as well, like, you know, of, of, of self of self belief, 
Yeah. Yeah. And just to touch in on that, it's also as well, well, kind of how I felt, because I've always procrastinated in my life. It was more the kind of the societal worry of what success was. Mm. Like, and to hear you being like, well, success to me is X, Y, and Z, whereas Hollywood is supposed to be the be all and end all for actors, you know what I mean? Yeah. Mm. I think that, because I know it definitely stopped me growing up. Because I was in, I'd done a play when I was younger and I, went, I know he was always laughing. You were the train, the no, I was one of the 12 main characters, but yeah. I only had a couple of lines. Like, But I was into, I was in Billy Barry and all, like down yeah. in Ring's End. And, and I was in that kind of sphere. But as I got older, and we mentioned it last week, I wouldn't have been able to do this in front of the boys because it's I the judgment of, the judgment of people. And then yeah, I was yeah. thinking, you know, you, you have people being like, oh, well, if you don't make it to Hollywood, then what's the point in it, you know, yeah, when exactly you're young? Like, yeah. Yeah. Whereas now you kind of have to nurture that and try and get people to kind of do it early yeah. doors. Because if we're starting off now at 30, the podcast, imagine we had a start at 19, 18, Yeah, 19, exactly. You're kind of still And it was sh- yeah. really shit at the start. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But then it gets really good. But we, as us, as 30-year-olds, are like, right, we're going to get proper mics and proper stands and yeah. and do it prop, as proper as we think it is. We're yeah. still shy at the start. Well, wouldn't have been as shy as two 18 year olds <laughs> yeah, trying to do it off a phone, you know? Yeah, what I mean? and the other thing is that you also, the, the brilliant thing about when you actually start something, you leave behind the regret of we should have done this years ago. Yeah. You, you, yeah. you, sort you of actually get, regret that you didn't do you, it. When you, get, you get into the mindset of that you're on the right path yeah. and mm-hmm. it was meant to start when it was meant to start. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, and that sort of thing that you, something you mentioned there as well, which I, I kind of discovered early ish, but still probably a little bit late. And I think it relates to. And I think I'm free to say this because I'm from Tala. Yeah. Of of kind of more what you'd class as working class areas. Yeah, yeah, that's right? very true. There's a thing of uh, you think it's you think that people around you are uh, like they know better or if something artistic yeah. or you know is a little bit like that's oh, for mm-hmm. saps or something like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. early fairy like. Yeah, but what you realise is actually this is kind of uh, it's not born of knowledge; it's born of fear. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And then when you actually go and do something, it's like, oh, James, fair play to you. Yeah. <laughs> I know, it's I think, like, it does, they change their minds. Like, well, that's like. the thing. I think that in, you internalize that, oh, Jesus, Rob and Ryan are going to laugh at me or go, oh, that's shy or what's this? Mm, but yeah. realistically, as soon as you do it, you'll get a pat on the back. But, you know, it's, exactly. it's yeah. kind of the way. It, but it's hard to... It's hard to overcome yeah, that. Yeah, yeah it's, 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 it's hard to know that that's these, what it is. Yeah, mm. and these are the people you're going to see most of your time while you're acting like you mm. know are trying to make it as an actor yeah. well, they'll be the yeah. ones in the, the front row in village and I mean yeah. like people in your area or whatever like the ones that you're worried about as you said they're probably thinking oh fair play to them but in your head you're like oh they're laughing at me Yeah. so that's the that's the issue yeah, like. yeah. and that's it I think uh, you know it's just a, it's an interesting thing I think about about people from from certain areas and I think that's another stigma that's been that's been broken as well because you know uh yeah, Irish Irish people are um, in all different forms of the arts, especially. Mm-hmm. They're like they're, they're unbelievable. Yeah, like there, yeah, I know, yeah. and there's oh, been a lot so of kind of a lot of again, what is success? But in terms of recognition, a lot of things that have have kind of broken the the seal of just being parochial and yeah, and yeah. of Irish interest or something, you know. Yeah. So it's a good time. It's a flourishing time, and I hope I hope that you know you hope young people take encouragement from that. Yeah. yeah, and the other thing is that that goes for anything. That goes yeah. for accountants and woodworkers, and you know what I mean. Whatever yeah. it is, yeah, uh, you know, whatever people, whatever people want to be, I I try and do that. I've done like haven't done it in a long time, but I used to do workshops in schools, and I used to talk about that a lot. It, they were usually schools in kind of what your classes the rougher areas, you know. Yeah. But it would be about that. It'd be like, don't be afraid of. 
of knowledge about things. Yeah, Don't be afraid of, of ambition. Yeah. Do you know? Yeah. It's not a dirty word. It's not something that you should be like. It's not for the other person. Yeah. yeah. You know? It's not for yeah. the people from North County, Dublin. Yeah. <laughs> 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 the pe- people that know old postcodes. <laughs> That's I know. For the list, I made that joke before we went on the air. Yeah, so yeah, it's yeah. all good. It's all good. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, now Northern Lights out 14th November. Yeah, 4th of November, episode one. Episode one. TG4, but don't worry, it's TG4. in English for all you yeah. non Irish yeah. speakers. And then um, the first three episodes are available on the TG4 player straight after. Brilliant. Which works like any other player. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's very simple to navigate. Yeah. Amazing. Can't wait for it. Oh, it's on a half ten as well. Let's do the thing. Half if, you're, ten, if you're watching live. Half ten on the 14th. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, did you see it now? There's probably some sort of PR dealio can be done here. <laughs> but uh, the Northern Lights were viewable from Dublin City. I seen yesterday that I think it was yeah. was yeah. it Stony Batter or something you could see that I don't know how they work or if it was that specific thing yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. but yeah they were uh, this so week I saw, the, I saw the photographs unbelievable yeah yeah, yeah maybe yeah. that's another sign that's what I'm telling you it has to be <laughs> the other thing is that's why fuck you there's getting a few signs isn't it? <laughs> it ended up being, that's how it ended up kind of being the title because it, it represents something in the show a kind of an unfulfilled um, top of the bucket list for one of the characters excuse me oh, yeah. and um, but it was because one of my dreams is always going to see the Northern Lights and yeah, years ago yeah. for a birthday present I was taken to Iceland oh, wow. and it was meant to be the perfect time and every night no too cloudy too cloudy too oh, cloudy so sick. it's a weird thing where I've like it's like should I just go to Tromso or somewhere in the Arctic <laughs> Circle in Norway yeah. and just be guaranteed to see them yeah. but of course my luck you know you go to bed early and everyone the next day is yeah, going the Northern Lights are over oh my for fuck's sake yeah yeah so all the right time yeah so yeah, yeah. Tuesday 14th November Northern Lights Stephen it's been an absolute pleasure having you on mate I feel That's, like we could have had this chat we could have done it for another 2-3 yeah, hours I'd happily sit here and chat to you all night <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. but I appreciate you having me on and, and yeah, thanks, just, for the, thanks for the shout out and the plug and yeah, the show yeah and I will definitely share it as far and wide as we can but mm-hmm. just it's been I think this probably been without blowing wind up your hole one of my favourite episodes because you, just your ideology on success and and how you got there and you know, how you kind of think of success is just it's really trying to spanner to me walks. I don't know how to react anymore. But now it's been an absolute pleasure having you on, man, and I'm, I'm delighted this happened. Thanks, million fellas. Nice Cheers. Yeah. Yeah. Shout out to Mona for setting this up as well. So <laughs> I, I didn't mention them at the start, but I'll mention it now. When I was said Tales from the East stand. Oh, right, right. So right. Mona, shout out to you, bud. Thanks.